Blog Talk Radio.
Another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show. Uh, we normally have Race Matters on Tuesday. Actually, this is not the show. We normally have uh, Race Matters on Tuesdays, but I figured we'll go ahead and, f- and finish out the series dealing with the one and only subject, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. So our uh, topic today, uh, title today, is the Holy Ghost is absolute power. Millions testify. Part three of three, and I'll just go ahead and read the show's um, description so everybody will know what you're about to uh, get into. All right? May not be in the right place. Special show tonight. Proof that the Holy Ghost is real or the Holy Spirit is real and is absolute power. 
This is the planet's top gun. Nothing can stand against it. I'm going to repeat that. This is the planet's top gun, top weapon, most feared weapon, maybe not by man, but in the spiritual world, by all the spirits, because they know the reality of the Holy Spirit. We just don't, some of us. Nothing can stand against it. Anybody full of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, is unstoppable because they are nothing more than the Father manifested. Let me say this right. They're nothing more than a representation of the Father. Such as the like was Christ, Moses, Elijah, Noah, these these were the movers and shakers of our planet. Folks, just don't get no more uh, powerful people than that. This is the top, 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 supreme, premium life on this planet, a life led, a life controlled, a life inspired by the Holy Spirit. It just isn't nothing higher. Money is a joke. Shouldn't even be in the same conversation. Again, we have proof. I went on to say, probably my most important message ever on Blog Talk. Acts 1 and 8 says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. One more time. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. One more time. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. I went on to say that this is not from emotional behavior, but true guidance and empowerment. A lot of people claiming to have the Holy Ghost dance and shout, and they get so much attention. All this emotionalism until people overlook the fact that this is true, absolute, endowing, overwhelming power overwhelming against the enemy. So tonight, this is what we're talking about. And you may call in uh, at 760-283-0838. If you're on the online, hopefully you can see that number right there on your screen, 768-283-0838 to the left. If you don't want to stay online and you want to take your cell phone and run an errand, you can do that. Otherwise, if you're on the phone and you listen to me, you want to go onto the internet, go to Five Smooth Stone. Go well, go to BlogTalkRadio.com, BlogTalkRadio.com, and then put in the search box Five Smooth Stones, and you'll see where it says Live Show. Just click on it. I want to remind everybody we do have a website. We do have a website. I don't talk enough about it, which is why the traffic is pretty low because I've never hardly mentioned it. But we do have a website. It's Five Smooth Stones. Dot webs dot com. 
Five Smooth Stones, .webs.com. Go there. Give us your email address or some email address and whatever name you want to be known by and start connecting with people on that site. Iron Shopping Iron, the site talks about the five topics we talk about all the time that I call Five Smooth Stones. We got all types of pictures, and to those of you who don't know what the five smooth stones are, they are the revelation of who the real Hebrews are. That's one. The true Jews. That's one. The revelation of where white skin come from, how that we all truly one family, and white skin is nothing more than a mutation from albinoism and vitiligo. Some of y'all know this. If you took biology, we talk about black, the so-called black skin or dark skin being the dominant of the two, don't mean you're superior. It's just it's just science, folks. All hairs come from black hair. All eyes come from black eyes. Very few people have black eyes, but every single eye color comes from uh, the black eyes. The planet is mostly brown eyes. All skin come from dark skin. Or dust color, as the Bible says, he made man of the dust of the earth. We talk about melanin. We have audio presentations, video presentations about melanin, the extreme opposite of this uh, absence of pigmentation, the extreme opposite. We talk about that from a biblical standpoint and from a loving standpoint. Lots of people talk about this, but it's full, filled with hate. We ain't trying to hate on nobody. We're trying to bring the family together, the whole planet. And we break down how it became all the different colors. Thanks to the Most High, that was a very important revelation in my life. We talk about the New World Order, this this fake kingdom that rivals the kingdom of the Most High. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it want to be a, a rival, that's what I meant to say. It's, it's, it's a counterfeit kingdom of the Most High. Talk about that. We talk about that. We talk about that. The New World Order, which is the one world government, all of the different facets to it. Federal Reserve, Illuminati, we get into it. What's really going on on our planet? In the natural realm, and then we go to a step higher to the spiritual realm. Because everything in the natural realm that you can see, taste, touch, and smell is temporary. This is not where the real fight is at, which is why we need the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, because the real fight is in the spirit. Evil spirits, like what happened to the young man in Miami, that something came over him and he attacked the man and ate off his face. Stuff like this is happening every day. I know it's it's crazy. Every time I say it, it just do something to me, but it's happening every day. We get these demonic type encounters every day, and mankind want to blame it on drugs and this and that and the other, and this stuff don't hold water. It don't hold water that it's drugs or psychological problems. People don't take off their clothes and try to take off the clothes of the of the person they're about to attack. Just eat off their face. I don't care what kind of drugs you on. They said, "Well, he was on cocaine. It was it's that drug that make you hot." Okay, well, what? Okay, I can understand him taking off his clothes, and if he was on cocaine, this drug that makes him hot, this special type of cocaine. Why take off the clothes of the other person? Just don't make sense, folks. And to eat off a person's face. <laughs> I mean, literally eat them off like an animal would. Our world always have been full of spirits, angels and fallen angels. This is the real war. 
Why it's like that is a whole nother study. But tonight, 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 we are talking about the Holy Spirit, how it is absolute. All jokes aside, serious as can be, it's absolute power. And millions could grab this mic and do a better job than I'm doing tonight. I don't know if millions could, but lots of people could. Millions would testify, though, that the Spirit has led them and guided them into different truths, set them free from lies and deception that the enemy has taught them. And I don't want to paint Satan and be some great, great, great uh, rival against the Most High. The Most High have no competition. Nobody, no kingdom can he has no competition, the Most High. Satan is not to even be really mentioned in the same conversation as the Most High. This is why when the Messiah returns to this earth, it ain't going to be a battle. It's just going to be a word spoken, and it's going to be the end. Just words will end it. Folks, I know a lot of this is over your head. A lot of stuff you never heard before. But I can assure you one thing tonight. Tonight, I will be as honest as I possibly can. And what else can you be asked from uh, our fellow earthling than just to be as honest as we can? This is how we learn. We can't learn having egos out there and, and and saying this and saying that to impress each other. I'm talking about some things that I'll be talking about some things tonight that have just changed my life. I mean, just flat out changed my life. I just not the same, you know, just simply not the same. I'd be lying if I say I was. I've been flat out changed. Don't mean I'm perfect now. Please understand that. We're in a war. Satan is just one enemy. Now I don't. I probably won't say this enough tonight. Satan is just one enemy. <laughs> Another enemy is the flesh, and this we carry around with us. The part of us that craves evil. The part of us that just can't get enough of sin. I know people ask, well, why would the Most High make us, create us? With the flesh, that a part of us that craves sin. I mean, why did Adam and Eve? Why were they tempted in the first place? Why were they made with this temptation in the first place? You got to ask that. You got to ask that question. Well, it's because they have some call of flesh. They are not robots. We are not robots. We were made with choice to choose between good and evil. And the Bible even says that evil is good for a season. Not only do we have the choice put before us, but it even says that evil is good for a season. Well, why would he do that? So we would be able to bring him glory. The angels can't bring the Father glory. If all that's put before them is good, 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 and they have no choice, they can't bring him glory. Are you kidding me? 
Michael and Gabriel, they can't bring him glory like a man can. A man, a person that's literally put before him day and night evil and good, evil and good. Evil looks good, smells good, feels good. The Father put it before us, and it's supposed to pull on us. It's supposed to look good. Like I said, the Bible says the sin is good for a season. Most High did that so we would choose. He put it before us, good and evil. This is according to the book of Job. Remember when he, Job had his little say and the Father had his say? Listen to this, folks. Listen to me tonight. We would be robots. We would be angels. Let me say it another way. We'd be angels if we didn't have a choice. I don't know why I'm going down this road, but we're going to hopefully turn the corner and start talking about the Holy Spirit. But I'm, this is part of the Holy Spirit doing right here. Somebody need to hear this. When we choose as good as evil looks sometimes, as good as sex looks sometimes, sex before marriage, all types of sexual deviation, all type of lies. Sometimes a lie is feels so good to tell. Sometimes getting people in trouble who you don't like, you know, some of us that like that, that's not my thing to lie, but those of you who do, I mean, sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it feels good to, to, to even murder. Some people, you know, somebody done something to you, and some people on this planet have taken the opportunity to take a life, and they felt good. We felt good for a season. The Bible says it's good. it is good for a season. Don't lie say that sin, that adultery, that whatever didn't feel good. It feels good for a season to tell that person off, cut that person out, disrespect this person, that person, because you're just jealous or whatever, 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 whatever the sin might be. It is good for a season. It's supposed to be that way. But the Bible says, I'll put before you good and evil. Choose good. Choose good. The Father gave us exactly what to choose. Choose good. Y'all hear me tonight. Choose good. So this is what a loving father does. He's not going to leave you without a choice. But a loving father is going to give you knowledge and inspire you to do what is right. I think the father is a loving father. In this show, if nothing else, please get this message that this show, the whole design of this show, is to present the Father as a true Father, as He is. He is a loving Father. We just have it so good as humans to have this being taking care of us, supporting us, looking out for us. And I'm thankful to have experienced this thing called life. Um, I'm looking at the chat room. I'm hoping everybody can hear me. I just put on some headsets and I couldn't hear myself in the chat room. Um, let me just make sure that's a fix. Okay, all right, all right, there we go. So anyway, folks, tonight, 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 we're going to highlight the Father's love. We're going to talk about how much he cares so much for us that he gave us a spirit, a way to combat the enemy and what the enemy is trying to do. And I'm still getting reports that people can't hear in the chat room. Hopefully, if somebody in the chat room can't hear, please, if you can, just just simply uh, send me a little uh, type in there that you can't hear. But anyway, folks, uh, 
I just thank everybody for joining us tonight. You didn't have to join us again, but you did. You joined us again for another episode, and I really want to thank everybody. Um, um, hold on one second. I got to send a little message to the chat room people and let them know that I know about the problem. Uh, just one second here. This is what happens when you start dealing with a real problem. If you can't hear in the chat room, please hold on. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. Okay. Tell you what, let's take a little short break, and we'll be right back. Just one sec. We'll take a little short break, and we'll be right back, just to make sure we get this sound like we're about to start slinging the enemy around this room and around the room in your life, and I want uh, everybody to be able to hear. So just one second. Whenever I deal with racism and this this subject on the Holy Spirit, I have such a hard time uh, with technicalities and stuff and so forth. This is when I get three months for blog talk because this happens so, so often. So just one second, and I'll be right back.
we're back. And I understand that there was sound in the chat room, uh, but I was getting uh, on one computer I couldn't get sound, on the other computer I could, so that was a good sign. So, again, I want to thank everybody for uh, your patience there. I really do. Um, but I just got to be careful because on this subject, I run into this a lot. And I don't know if it's just technology, but it's real fun that certain subjects I have so much trouble with. And uh, I... I'm the king of refunds with Block Talk Radio because I don't play that. I mean, they, they, if, I don't, if this mess don't work, they're going to have to compensate me. So, again, uh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that tonight, again, if nothing else, I will try my best to share as honest and candid and straightforward as possible. And I think as a talk show host, that's the best we can do. People don't want lies. They don't want fabrication. They don't want exaggeration. They just want to know the truth. And and they can oftentimes tell when you've been any way other than that. So tonight I just want to share my life. I talked a lot about the Bible, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Bible here in a second and what the Scriptures have to say. But what does it mean in your life? That's what you want to know, right? What does it mean in your life? And while I've suffered some defeats, I mean some defeats, some setbacks, I mean some real setbacks. My whole life is not a defeat. I haven't just been losing for four quarters. I may be, Maybe the score don't look right now, but <clears throat> believe me, in the first quarter, in the second quarter, sometime in the third quarter, we've kicked some serious behinds in the spiritual realm. When I say we, I'm talking about me and the most high. And even my family, my family, my, my kids have seen miracles. Yes, they have. My wife has seen miracles. My friends associated with me have seen me go through some defeats and some victories. So tonight, let's do one little thing. Let's not focus on my defeats. If I lost two quarters, let's talk about the two quarters I won because that's how we know where the answer is. The answer ain't in the defeat, obviously. It's in when we was victorious. So let's talk about the few times or the lots of times or the massive amount of times, however it was in your life, where you was victorious. What was that that gave you that power? Some people attribute to their, their intellect, their this, their that. Well, let me ask you a question. Where did you get the intellect to tell the sun to rise in the, uh, <laughs> rise in the west and set in the east? I get that right. Rising east and setting the west. Where did you where did you get the wherewithal to tell the planets and the, 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 the galaxies where to go and everything to line up so this whole thing won't blow up? I mean, there are things that you get every day that you don't even have you don't even know to ask for. So it can't be about you. There is a God. There is a higher power. There is a higher source, whatever you want to call it. But we're talking about tonight. The claims that this book called the Bible, that there is a spirit that has been sent to the earth to empower man. Number one, this spirit was sent to reveal who the Father is. People say, well, I know the Father, he's Jesus. No, Jesus is not the Father, Yeshua. That's his real name, Yahshua, because there was no Jeremy in the language. He is not the Father. He talked about the Father. He was the, 
he he aspired to be like a father. He said, I do that to my father. He said, my father, my father. He said, my father, who we say? We are we make him the father. No, he is the son. Yes, he's been given all power in heaven and earth. But you ever think about this, my friend? What kind of person can give you all power in heaven and earth? What kind of power do they got? They hand you, oh, I got a couple of gifts for you. Here's all the power in heaven. Here's all the power on earth. Then what, what does this person have? But your mind ain't never thought about that. Well, that's just the start. We've got a whole lot tonight to talk about what you probably never thought about. No disrespect to you. I'm sure you're a very intelligent spiritual being, and you probably can put likewise things on my mind. So tonight we're going to talk about this loving, all-powerful God. Do not ever let the enemy think that the God is or the Father is a, a, a dictator and he just loves evil and, and all these quacky things you hear about the Father. Let me tell you all something. Yes, he is a spirit. We can't see it, and I don't even know that that would be a promotion or some good that we're supposed to see. Maybe everything that's superior you can't see and everything that's inferior you can see. And maybe the real eyes ain't what we got to see around us. The real eyes could be what's behind the scenes, so we're actually all blind. You ever thought about that, that we're blind? We're the ones that can't see. I'm going to share with y'all. I want you to, first of all, please, please get your Bibles, because even though this is a testimony session for me, this is when I talk about what the power is in my life. That's what this show is supposed to be about. I want everybody to get your Bibles, because I always have to go back to the Scriptures. And I want to share with y'all a very important story Speaking of opening up eyes, some of y'all know where I'm going with this just by the way I phrase that. Second Kings 6 and 17. Second Kings 6 and 17. We're going to first establish the need for this Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Some of y'all feel like, why are we even talking about this? Why do we need, we don't need no air, we don't need this. Some of y'all think it's about jumping around and Bucking and jumping, I know earlier I played a song, and it was Karen Clark talking about how she was filled when she first, and y'all may think, oh, that's just a bunch of emotionalism. She said something, ran up her spine. Well, that's emotionalism. I, I mean, I love the sister. I actually know her, talked with her several times, went to Memphis and met her, and there's a whole lot with behind the Clark sisters, and you know, I have to talk about that another time. Look at, listen to one of my old episodes when I talk about my travels. But the bottom line is, with regards to that song, it is emotionalism. I mean, the Holy Spirit' man's job is to reveal the Father and to impart those nine gifts of the Spirit and to comfort us and to lead and guide us into all truth. That is the main job. Now, you might be so excited because it is moving in your body or it's giving you those nine gifts, one of the gifts or two of the gifts, or it's speaking through you. You may get so excited that you feel a chill run up your spine because you have been visited by the Most High through His Spirit. Yeah, that'll send some up your, chi- your, your spine. 
And then she, at some point in the song, says she was knocked to the floor. Well, I don't agree with that. The Holy Spirit ain't going to knock you to the floor. But I understand what Karen Clark was saying because millions have experienced that. And you cannot argue with millions of people. Everybody can't be dumb and just stupid and emotional. When they say something knocked them to the floor, I do believe that in their mind it did feel like you was knocked to the floor. I mean, if you ran to the most high, every time that people run into the uh, angel in the Bible or any type of spiritual encounter, first thing they do is hit the ground. Nobody stays standing. Nobody. Everybody hit the ground. It's too much. It overwhelms you to be before the most high. It overwhelms you. You don't stay standing. So I understand I was knocked to the flow. You know, chill ran up my spine. I understand all that talk. But I want us to understand tonight that the Holy Spirit, that ain't what he do. That's what the most high created in us call emotions. And that emotions are welcome to me in the church. I know a lot of our white brothers and sisters disagree. They don't like no emotions in their church. It's changing, though. It is changing. It's just changing. White brothers and sisters are getting on board and understanding that emotions are allowed in church as long as they don't hinder the word of the Most High be going forth. But we need to raise our hand. We need to shout. We need to sometimes just take a moment and dance. But tonight, hardcore facts. What is this Holy Ghost? What is this thing called the Holy Ghost. Why is it talked about all over the world in every language? <sighs> Please turn to Second Kings six and seventeen. You will not be the same if you never heard this before. Cause this is gonna rattle a lot of y'all's uh, theology, so to speak. Again, Second Kings six and seventeen. Hopefully, you should have it. If you don't, just write it down, and we can look at it later. You can, you can look at it later, okay? I'll read from the King James Version Bible. All reading on five smooth stones will always be from King James Version Bible. Yes, I know King James had issues, however. I don't trust translations after that. I don't trust his translation to some degree, but I can tell you this is close to the truth than anything else out there. Mankind always try to find a way to tamper with what the Most High is doing, but thank be the Most High, King James did not write the Bible. He wrote a version of it. But even in this version, it is some powerful truths that's sought, that's said throughout all of it. That's how I said, why do you trust any of it? Because... He didn't write the Bible, folks. I don't know why people keep thinking he wrote the Bible. All right, here we go. Verse, I said 17, but um, let's go ahead and start at uh, verse 13. And he said, he who, Elijah, said, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dolphin. I think that meant to. Okay. I mean, now let's jump down to 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, The servant said unto 
his master, which was Elisha. Alas, my master, how shall we do? Remember, we just read that the city is compassed about with horses and chariots. They're everywhere. Verse 16, and he said, well, um, the master said unto him, fear not, for he that be with us is more than they that be with them. Now I'm going to say this again. Let's read this again very slowly. This is powerful. Don't miss what I'm about to say here, folks. Verse 15, repeat, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold a host, that means a whole lot, a host compassed the city with both horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, this is the guy who just saw all this, he's a servant, he said unto his master, alas, my master, how shall we do, or what are we going to do, or oh my God, verse 16, this is the master speaking, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us is for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, here we go. This is, this is the main reason I brought the scripture up, this passage. Just check this out. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. He already was looking around. You already are looking around. And you're saying what he said. How are we going to win the new world order, one world government, all these wicked people? Now we hear Obama's being used by the enemy. We hear about the coming race war, white people buying up guns, racism, people going crazy, men eating off each other's face, black people doing something they've never done before. You know, and I'm not just talking to black people, I know that, but I'm just saying for I am a black man, that's why I'm closer to my people, and there is a cry among our people saying we're acting strange. I pray thee, open up his eyes, is what he said. Let's finish reading. That he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. But I thought he was already seeing. you saying, no, I see. you telling me now. Some of y'all will tell me now. No, I see. But the prophet said, open up the young man's eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened up the eyes of the young man. Let's continue to read. And he saw. And he saw. But I thought he already saw. No, but he saw. And you're going to see. Let's finish reading. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Now, we didn't see no chariots of fire earlier. These chariots was of fire round about Elisha. So I just want to share that. If you could see into the spiritual realm, my friend, you will be overwhelmingly encouraged. Because as Alicia told his servant, I'm saying this to everybody, not that you're my servant. I'm not going there. But I'm letting you know there's more that be with us than be with the enemy. 
Be encouraged, believer, if you are a believer. If you're one that's seeking truth, be encouraged. There is more on your side than those that are against us. Again, tonight I'm going to share some experiences I've had that undoubtedly, undeniably spiritual in nature, even though it happened to me in the natural realm, the most high intervened. And I'm going to try my best. My goal is to share how the most high led me into truth and the way that hopefully y'all can see it, how he's protected me, how he's healed my body, even financial blessings, which I can use a lot of them right now, uh, regards, regarding my kids, miracles. I mean, showing up things that somebody will just kind of look blank at you and say, I don't know what happened there. You might not say, well, it was God. You might not say it like I said, but you will be able to say, well, I don't know what happened. You're going you're gonna to be some I don't knows up in here because there's some things that have happened over my life, and I give all the praise and glory to the Most High. You might not because maybe you don't walk with the Most High, and that's okay. It's not to put you down. You know, there's a lot of things on this earth that pull us away from believing. Look at this high technology. Look at the Look at some of these people. They look so untouchable. They look so untouchable. They look so powerful. Some of these people have crazy money. It's men walking around that have more money than entire nations. Matter of fact, there are men walking around that have more than the poorest 20 nations. Can you believe that? One person walking around eating, looking at TV, going to work, you know, running their business, they are more wealthy than the poorest 20 nations combined. That's scary. So all this power, in the, in the, I'm sure y'all have heard the show that we talk about here at Five Smooth So we talk about on, on Thursdays, the New World Order and the uh, Illuminati secret societies, what they're doing, the secrets they try to hide. I've had people on the show that say some stuff that just sound flat out crazy. No, I know half y'all don't even believe the stuff they're saying. You know, like there's going to be, here's just an idea. Here's just a classic example, but there's a lot of proof, and that is the whole thing about uh, soldiers from other nations coming on the U.S. soil. Though that's true. We got more foreign soldiers on the U.S. soil now than we ever had, and they're coming more. And there's there's the belief, a common belief among those forward thinkers out there that sound along that these soldiers are going to turn to the United States. Well, I don't know. But it's a whole lot of intelligent people that believe that. And I'm not talking about fear mongers, those that sit around just looking for the negative and everything and just love saying conspiracy types. I'm not talking about that. So, and then don't forget, we got the economists, the preachers, and the politicians all saying the same thing. What are they saying? That the U.S. dollar is getting ready to drop, and that's going to cause massive confusion. There's going to be a run on every natural, every every resource we need, a run on food, run on gas, and this is going to cause a race war. So a lot of people are saying, if you didn't ever heard this stuff, then that means your head is in the sand for real. You must have a really um, a lower nose life where you don't have to ever think about these kinds of things because this kind of knowledge is everywhere. You don't have to look far. So what do we do? What do we do? There's chariots. All around us, Elisha. This is what we just read for those of you that just popped in the door. There's chariots all around us, Prophet. 
The enemy is everywhere. It's in our home. Our kids are acting like Martians. They don't. They don't. Like the Bible said, they don't follow the ways of the ancient path. They don't act nothing like us. They act like they're from another planet, like we didn't even raise them. There's a cell phone where your kids, you don't have their 100% attention. Your kids are bought, your kids are influenced and raised by their peers now. Because no matter what you're saying, they're getting texted saying something totally different. It's not like before, where when you talk to your kids at the kitchen table, there was no other voices. You don't know what those texts are telling those kids, especially if they're under the influence of Satan. Whatever you're saying, these kids could be getting text messages undoing everything you're doing. So who is really raising our kids? There are people with, pre, with, with, with relatives in prison. There are people, mothers, fathers, with children in prison, and they raise them better than some of us. Now, I know the Bible says raise them up in the way that you go, and when they get old, they won't depart. But, I mean, there are some people that show enough got people in prison, and they should not be there. All these spirits, familiar spirits. Are you familiar with the term familiar spirits? Familiar spirits, just quick, 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 and then we're going to get off into, again, my testimony. And uh, we're going to read a little bit, and then we'll get into my, test- my testimony. But a familiar spirit, real quick, real quick, is... Some spirit that's buffeting you, or that 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 maybe something you give into easy, that sin that would so easily beset us, as the Bible talks about, that thing, as uh, Jimmy Swaggy used to preach, that thing, whatever the thing is in your life that that so easily besets you, when it calls, most of the time you answer, cause it's just that thing. If you're gonna answer anything, you're gonna answer that thing, as Jimmy Swaggy called it. And I'm trying to forget my train of thought, but I got so many things to talk about, so it won't even matter. I'll come back to it. But what I was going to say is, I mean, what I can say, and I will come back to what I was originally going to say, which I forgot. But whatever the thing is in your life, we need real power. So I started talking about earlier. We re- we need real power in our life. With all the technology and all the things that the world is doing, oh, I know it's my familiar spirit, but let me just make that hold for a second. I'll write that down so I won't forget it again. But let me talk about this other point I was coming to. With all of the technology and all of this overwhelming things, like I said, our kids are going through, and even some of us, let's just talk about some of us. Some of us are doing things we thought we would never do. We believe in things we never thought we would believe. Some of us have gotten far away from the most high. We are not spiritual anymore. We're very carnal. We just, we all, we, we just worldly. <laughs> some of us are worldly ain't even funny. We just worldly, for real, for real, for real. We're worldly. We are worldly. I mean, we're just not given to the things of God. You know, like Paul talks about being given to fasting and praying. We don't talk to no, uh, even in the church, we don't care about no, uh, we, I ain't going to say we don't care about, but we, uh, we don't hardly ever talk to people about the most high. Are you kidding me? People don't do that no more. It's a very worldly, worldly these days. And we just all off into the movies and, how I look and women just into the malls and I'm talking about good people now. I'm talking about righteous people. I'm talking about people that go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. We're very carnal. 
we don't have no power. Uh, the vast majority of people I run across, very carnal people. Now, I want y'all to listen to me tonight because we're talking about the solution. We're not going to stay here on this problem. But what I'm saying is, look at our children. They That's why they are doing, and I, don't, I hate to say bad, but this is why our children are carnal as well. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll just keep saying carnal because that's what it is. Our kids are very carnal. They're not spiritual. They don't pursue God. Do your kids sit up and say, I just want to know what God is saying, and, and do they just go in their room and close? I'll turn off everything and just get on their knees because they want to hear what the Father is saying. Well, children used to. Your kids always want to fast on their own without you influencing them? No. You don't have to answer me. I already know. No. Most of y'all would say no anyway. If you don't say no, you're you're different. You need to thank the most high right now because you are different in a great way. But I can say even my children are very, very carnal. You know, they are. And I have to almost make them. Some people say, well, that's just come with being kids. No, that's not true. That's not true. There's a lot of children that are spiritual. <laughs> I mean, it's people that do want to know what the most high is doing on the planet. There's children that love God. There's children that pursue him. There's children that's sensitive to what Christ went through, and they think about how he suffered sometimes. There's, there's children that read their Bible. There's children that, listen to this, you ever come home and your kids tell you about people, or, uh, kids at their school that was witnessing and sharing? I was one of those. I did that for a minute. I mean, I, not yeah, literally for a minute, but I did it. There are people in these high schools that are worshiping the most high. But the vast majority of all, I'd say 97% of them, are carnal, just like most of us are. So this is why tonight we have this show talking about the Holy Ghost, this 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 forgotten power that's just just right in front of us. Think of the Holy Spirit as like the wind you're breathing right now. You're breathing the air you're breathing, right? Well, there's another air just right there hanging around you. It's around all of us. And this, my friend, is a whole type of wind. Remember, when it came to the planet, the Bible says it came in like a rushing mighty wind. That's the song I played earlier by the Clark Sisters. Verses 2 and 4, where it all began on one accord. It's a wind, and it's still around us right now. It's just waiting on us to allow it to come into our life. Allow it to empower us. It's, it, it, the Bible says it's been poured up on all flesh. So this spirit, as I speak, is dealing with all flesh. If people are not in Christ or haven't received the, the truth of the gospel, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, and that's okay. You will before I get done. But this good news about a Savior coming and shedding his blood for sin because man has kind of have a sin problem for real. And this and the guilt that come with the sin has destroyed the planet. Those of y'all that believe in the Bible and you don't accept the New Testament and you don't you don't believe in Christ, I don't know what y'all are doing for y'all sin. Because keeping the old testament law ain't gonna save you. You've got to have your sins washed away. So you are yet in your sins. And I know if Aaron, Aaron, priest, the Old Testament priest Aaron and his sons, if they had a hard time staying clean before the Most High, 
how y'all going to pull this off living in Babylon as wicked as everybody seemed to be? Even these churches as far from God as this, a lot of them are. And I don't mean to plant this bleak picture. I mean, it's going to sound like it at first, but before I get done, it's going to all go good, trust me, because I believe in the church. I think the church is the most powerful institution on the planet. There is nothing more powerful than the church because the church has this thing called the Holy Spirit. This power is the top gun on the planet. This power has nine gifts that it can impart to a person. It can impart knowledge that they ain't even studied for. This spirit can impart knowledge that folks just sitting up seeking the most high can get knowledge that they haven't studied for, secrets that they haven't studied for. They can know what the government is doing without being privy to these meetings, these secret uh, uh, private meetings that they have at the White House and the Pentagon and at the Hague and wherever all ever else they have these secret meetings. The Holy Spirit can reveal to the saints what is happening. How much more power do we need? We know what the enemy is doing. How can you be defeated? This same Spirit not only imparts wisdom, and this is second. This is uh, we're talking about the gifts of Spirit. Now I've already covered this in part one and part two. This is part three. This is the third part of this series, and I don't want to go and redo everything I've already did because tonight I'm supposed to be focusing in on my testimony. But uh, I did tell y'all earlier, get your Bibles out, so I'm just going to tell you where it's at. Where it's at first, um, the gifts of the Spirit, First Corinthians, please get your pencil pens out. Uh, it's very important. It's, it's very important. Y'all y'all, y'all follow me, okay, because i got to go fast, 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 because I want to get my testimony. Because if it's not about what he's doing in my life and what he's doing in your life, then we're just all a bunch of religious people talking. I don't want to be that, okay? All right. Now, um, the gifts of the spirit is what we're talking about, and the gifts of the spirit is the this this spirit comes over you. Well, let me, let me just say this right because I'm trying. Let me stop doing what I'm doing. I'm doing three things here. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now. The gifts of the spirit, folks, is going to be there's going to be nine gifts of the spirit, like I mentioned earlier. There's nine gifts of the spirit, and they are, if you want to write this down, uh, or just you can always listen to the broadcast and just uh, hear it all, hear them all over again. But they're located in First Corinthians twelve, First Corinthians twelve, and the gifts of the spirit are as follows. I'm going to try to place by memory because this would be good for me, but they are a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom means you mind your own business, and uh, you have knowledge of a thing. You got to have knowledge before you have wisdom. Wisdom is what to do with the knowledge. Okay, mind your own business, and you have this knowledge, but you just don't know which direction to go with it. Sometimes pastors have all these wonderful ideas. You know, they got money, they got people, they got resources. They just don't know what to do with all this. And they need some kind of way to know which way to go. That is wisdom. And sometimes the spirit will impart unto the believer wisdom. And why did I say the believer? Because it ain't important. It's not important these gifts, these precious nine power gifts to some anti-God person. They ain't going to do it. This is the kingdom. This is a serious, tight knot, tight, controlled 
uh, in, in a good way by the Most High Kingdom. This is this is a kingdom that Christ oftentimes spoke in parables about because it wasn't for everybody to even know everything. This is a serious kingdom, uh, kingdom. Uh, the Most High is the King. This is His dominion. This is His territory. So we, there is a spirit that's throughout His kingdom, promoting His kingdom. If you're not in the kingdom, then the spirit, the only job is to you then is to convince you of who Christ is and who the Father is, and and and, and to get rid of the lies and the deception you have in your head that's got you an atheist, that's got you believing that Christ didn't exist, that's got you believing this and that. Then the spirit job is to promote. Uh, the Father, get you to the Father. But once you are in the Father, once you are in Christ and you're following the Father's will, then it begins to impart these gifts to uh, even further the kingdom. So 1 Corinthians 12 is where you should be. And uh, we'll just go ahead and uh, just go over these gifts. Uh, again, the word of wisdom, I'll actually pull it up because I want to move fast. The word of wisdom is one of the gifts. I just mentioned what it does. It just gives you what to do. Uh, and it'll come from nowhere. I'm not talking about you researching stuff and finding words. I'm talking about you being just oblivious and the answer comes and it's solid and it works. The end result is success, okay? Then uh, the second gift we'll talk about is the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. This means you know nothing. You are something, you're somewhere. Uh, I've I've had I've heard testimonies of people that never uh, – knew anything about cars, maybe a female, they are just oblivious, don't know anything, and all of a sudden they know exactly what's wrong with the car. And they sometimes go out there and fix it if it's something real simple, if it's something a female can do. But they get a, a a word of knowledge of how to invest something. Though. I mean, it just comes from nowhere. Now, somebody can I know everybody, a lot of you are thinking, well, we all get lucky and we do stuff. Well, that's true. But this word of knowledge, when it comes, it'll keep, it'll never miss. It'll never miss. And some people have operating this word of knowledge a lot. See, not what the Spirit does. It gives the same person the same gift a lot for some reason. It's the way it works. So people that get a word of knowledge often give it, get it often. And when they get it, they don't miss. That's the difference. They don't miss. Let me give you a classic example. I talked about earlier me meeting Clark sisters. Uh, 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 start talking with the Clark sisters because I was trying to pursue a relationship with uh Maddie Moss Clark, just kind of a father, I mean, a mother-son type of thing, you know. Like a lot of young people did back in the day, everybody loved her so much. People loved that woman, believe that, and uh, especially in the Church of God in Christ. And so I was one time I had uh, got a number, and I was trying to call her and be like most of a lot of other young people were, and I ended up talking with this, uh, the daughters, and they were different ones. With so make a long story, so I ended up meeting, going to Memphis. Okay, <laughs> just fast forward. Okay, again, listen to my travel the testimony, you'll get more details on that. But, but I remember uh, her mother, Maddie Moss Clark, remember that's who just, I was just blown away by the woman's talent, what she did with young people, the mass choir, the whole perfection of the uh, sopranos, how she perfected choirs and singing. And just Maddie Moss Clark was bigger than life back in the day, okay? This is before the Clarks was even known. And I remember going to Memphis and seeing her with a woman by the name of Bernadette Cash Williams. Bernadette Cash Williams. Some of y'all may have heard that name before. I don't even know if she's still around. But back in the day, uh, I, I went to see this lady in Memphis. And, and, and Clarkson was even in concert. And I didn't even go see. I had just met Karen. I didn't even go see him. I went to go see her mom because I heard they was in, in revival with uh, Reverend Cleanhead, White, and some other people in this, in this woman called uh, uh, Bernard Cash Williamson. So I wasn't about to miss that for no 
you know, Clark sister. So anyway, I went in, in, to her mother uh, to, to see this Bernie Cashman. Now, this woman had what you call a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge. Now, I'm about to share. This is something I experienced. This is part of my testimony. Even though it didn't happen directly to me, this is still something I got to experience. Now, this woman stood up in the pulpit. Maddie Moss Clark to her, sat there to her left, and she would call out people. And uh, she would say, I hear, uh, is there a Tony? Is there a Tony? She'd call people's names. She'd tell them what exactly happened to them. It wasn't no general prophecies like a lot of these preachers do. You're going through something. Everybody going through something. God getting ready to bless you. God getting ready to bless everybody. You know, you got to, you know, they'll say, to, sometimes these preachers will say something like, you know, you at the end of your rope. Where about like the end of your rope? You know, it's so general. This woman was calling out names. I remember one gentleman, she said, you lost your job didn't you? this weekend. You thought that when this brother just went crazy. He was losing it. There's no way this woman could have did what W.E.V. Grant did. He had a, a little tiny mic in his ear, and he was running game on people. This man literally had a small mic in his ear and would have his, um, his, um, um, what do you call these people? Like at the door, ushers and uh, ushers and um, just people out the parking lot that would just look like they was coming to the meeting, but they wasn't coming to the meeting. They was all working for W.B. Grant. They would ask questions to the people like, well, where are you from? And, 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 you know, and they'll say, oh, I'm from, I've drove up from such and such. And, they, and they'll just say, and they and they would telegraph this to uh, uh, someone in, in some main area where they can look at an audience this was a scam. This was a scam, and Devin B. Grant was busted because they flooded his convention, his his meeting, with a bunch of FBI agents, and they flooded him. These people were everywhere, and so they saw this. Well, this woman, it couldn't have been that because she called too many people. It just, we was there from all over. Nobody even knew. You didn't even know if they was going to go to that particular meeting. They could put up at the parking lot and go somewhere else. It was, it was, it was. I don't know if you've ever been to Memphis in, in November, but there's meetings everywhere, and there is no way it could have been false. But this one was calling people's name, letting them know what they was going through. That, my friend, is what you call a word of knowledge, okay, a word of knowledge. And the spirit will move on the believer and just impart it to them, and they'll, they'll just know it. They'll, they'll believe that more than they believe their own name. Because it's a it's a spiritual thing. It'll just come over you. And some of y'all know what I'm saying because you uh, you've experienced it. How many times? Here's another word of knowledge. How many times have y'all heard people at work, and all of a sudden they feel like their their son or daughter's in jeopardy, or somebody is about to go through some kind of pain, and they will break their neck to go home. And and when they get home, lo and behold, their daughter or son is in trouble. Well, how did they get that knowledge? That knowledge, how did they know knowledge? How did they, where did that come from? That is an importation of the word of knowledge. Some people say, well, that's just intuition. I've heard of that before. Okay, all right. You can call it that. But in the scriptures is an account of it coming by the Spirit, maybe coming through more than one way. I'm not going to even argue intuition because I know how the brain is and the power behind the brain. And I believe, unlike a lot of Christians, I do believe that there's other powers that humans have that we haven't tapped into. But right now I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit does. That does not negate the Holy Spirit. Maybe there are some other powers, but I'm talking about a person 
who gave credit and glory to the Most High and said that the Most High was the one that helped her, uh, gave her this gift. This sister called Bernadette Cash Williams was flowing that night, and I was just blown away. I've never seen it. I've seen other people do something very similar. You know, I've seen people, you know, do similar things, but not that pointed where they was calling out names. That was some crazy stuff there. And there was Maddie Moss Clark, you know, uh, that was her friend, and she was getting all the people ready before because they had this prayer line. Anyway, I want to move right along. I don't mean to... uh, just to drop that so hot, but I gotta I have a couple other things. There's so many so many things rolling around in my head that I've seen with regards to these gifts. But let's finish the gifts first. So we talked about aware of knowledge aware of knowledge is where the spirit comes upon and imparts something to you that you have no clue about out of the clear blue. All right, then uh there's to another one, verse nine, it says faith. To another faith by the same spirit. Faith. Okay. In other words, you're minding your own business. And uh, you know how this faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of the Most High. Well, this this faith just comes. I mean, it just pops up from nowhere. It's you know what makes people decide to believe that Christ rose from the dead? They weren't there. How, why do you believe that? I mean, for real, why do you believe that? If you believe that, how do you believe it? I mean, for real, how do you believe it? You weren't there. You weren't there. How do you believe it? This faith that we get to even believe is a gift. The spirit moves upon a person, and this gift of faith just comes. This gift of faith just comes. Faith, this gift of faith, the spirit just imparts to a person. Remember the Bible says if you pray anything in faith, believing you shall receive. So to have a gift just out of nowhere, you just believe, that's amazing. Probably one of the most amazing of the nine gifts. To another, and I keep saying to another, to another, because to different people it imparts different things. And there's some people that believe all the gifts operate in them. And I have problems with that because it's saying here to another word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge, to another Faith. See, it's saying to different people it parts different things. So I have a hard time believing. I think that's how some people just try to build up their own name and build up their own ego, saying all the gifts operate. To another, the gift of healing. This means people, for that, for whatever reason, the spirit moves upon them, and they're able to heal people. Yeah, I don't think I hear sound coming from this uh, chat room, and I'm concerned about that. So hopefully, y'all, if you can't hear me, well, we'll keep an eye on the chat room because I can't hear myself now, and I'm worried about that. So maybe my computer done froze up or something. Anyway, folks, if you can't hear me in the chat room, uh, I don't know how they would know because they can't hear me, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the chat room, folks. I may have to just take a little small break and just... Do some uh, reboot, uh, do some things. But anyway, moving right along until I get uh, her otherwise from those in the chat room. Uh, so where are we at? We talked about the gift of um, healing. Now, healing is, 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 is a gift that's very popular in the church, very popular. A lot of people believe that the spirit moves on them and they start to pray for people and these people get healed. 
This is a popular one. This is probably the most popular out of all the gifts. And remember Christ, who was full of the Spirit. All of these gifts operate in him, and he was full of the Spirit. Now, I think all, I believe the reason why all the gifts operate in him because he was who he was. But I don't believe that more, uh, other people can claim that they have all of the gifts. But let's look at how it operated in Christ. Various times he healed people in various ways. I mean, in the same kind of healing all the time. He prayed for some people. Some people spit in one man's eye, and the man wasn't healed uh, completely. And then he, you know, he had to do it a second time. I'm just saying. But all of the gifts operated in Christ. He had the gifts of healing. Make the long story short, I'm trying to make like I'm a, a scholar on this. It's healing. There's more than one way that the Spirit uses this individual to heal who operates in this gift called the gift of healing. All right? Um, let me make sure that I'm being heard. Just one second, folks. I'm not I'm not hearing myself, and I'm not... Uh... Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, folks, I'm just going to take a little short break, and we'll be back. I just got to make sure we're all on one accord. I do not want the enemy to uh, to win in this. Hold on one second. It's like in my home, my computers are going out, and 
now switch to another computer from here. So thank God I have more than one computer where we can kind of solve that. Just so you know, uh, this song that I keep going through is my couple length over by the car system. I just love this song because it really talk about um, what we've been sharing tonight, uh, the Holy Spirit. And this song is saying, my cup runneth over, or my spirit is being over flooded by the Holy Spirit. So I really like that song. Again, that's by Maddie Moss Clark, called My Cup Runneth Over. Okay, so I'll let this just finish playing in the background, actually. Um... I want to just kind of kind of got sidetracked there, but let's. Oh, I was talking about the whole Burnett Cash William thing in Memphis, uh, where I saw this lady and we moved on after that. And uh, but let's just do this. Let's switch gears here because I, I've spent enough time in it. I want to talk about the need for the Holy Ghost. The need for the Holy Ghost. Again, folks, we live in a world that's very much high tech, and uh, you got Facebook, the world of Facebook and MySpace and YouTube. And the technology is everywhere. These kids are overwhelmed by it, and it's just it's hard to get control of ourselves, much less our kids. And I know some of y'all are saying I got control over my kids, but if your kids on a cell phone, if your kids on a computer, it is they're, they're being influenced. Like our like our generation, like we were when I was a child, never influenced to this degree. I mean, these kids. You can be. Let's just say you're talking to your daughter or son about a matter. And like I said, you can get, uh, uh, they can go online and see videos or on Facebook. They can see all kind of messages saying the extreme opposite from parents, not just children. They can see all kinds of stuff. We, our mother would talk to us, and that would be the only voice we would hear other than our siblings. That's only only people we had to worry about was our siblings until we went to school. We went to, we went to school. And they didn't know what my parents had talked about to even disagree with her. But these kids text their friends and say, my mother just told me blah, blah, blah. And these kids, no telling who their friends are, will text back. Because that's all they talk about is what how the parents is tripping. Uh, that's what these texts is mostly about. With the parents, not, I ain't gonna say mostly about, but it includes the family, uh, the mom and dad tripping, or you know. So and then, then you have Facebook, and you got all these images, and images can speak more than a thousand words. And not to mention, like I said, the, 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 all the things that happen with our government and, 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 and all the things y'all are hearing about. I know some of y'all, if you don't have your head in the sand, you know what's going on in Washington. You know what's going on in our schools. You know about even now what things as rough as it is, all the layoffs and just the teachers, the morale of teachers is, is not too good, I, I would think, right about now. There's just a lot of things going on. I don't want to talk about the ills of the world, but I just want to talk about the need for power, the need for absolute power, the need for the this, this spirit that the Bible calls the comforter. Would, don't, wouldn't you say that a lot of us about now need to be comforted? Wouldn't you say a lot about now that a lot of us need to be comforted? Wouldn't you say about now a lot of us need to be inspired Inspiration. Well, this is what the Spirit has sent to the earth to do, to inspire. The Bible says it would inspire and lead us and guide us into all truth. The Spirit also gives us the power to 
know, I mean, give us the power to, to, to know truth. It reveals truth unto us. How many of us is confused about the Bible, about God, about the Holy Spirit, about devils, demons, angels? We just don't know. We just don't know. To be honest, we just have no clue. So the Spirit, again, reveals all truth to us. And the Spirit also gives us the ability to cast out devils. How many of us would be much better off if we can cast a lot of these spirits off our children? So we're, we're good parents, some of us. We know where our children at all times. We make sure that they, the company they hang around is, is up, you know, up to par. Their children and, and about some that have a career. But just because people have goals, and I'm not just talking about young people, I'm talking about teens and young adults. Just because you hang out with somebody and they got goals and they want to, even if they're successful with regards to their career, that don't mean that they don't have spirits on them. It don't mean that they have spirits that's trying to derail their whole life. It don't mean that they're good people to hang around. There's a lot of professional people that make six-figure incomes that you do not need to even know, much less hang around with them. People think because you make money that makes you right, and that's that's only in America where we actually worship money. You feel like when you have a nice car, a nice house, a staff, a company, you know, thousands in the bank, four hundred one k. I mean, when you when you're wealthy, not four hundred one k, but when you have tons of money in the bank, is what I'm trying to say. They feel like you're in a position to now lead people. And I agree those people are in a position to lead people, but only as it relates to finances. And another thing is all prosperity is not godly. Everybody that's wealth worth, you know, eight point six million or, or something like them just making up this figure, that don't mean that that's what the most high what's best for them. If you ask the most high, what is what would be something, a number they would be worth that they would be a little better to a little better to get along with. Some people, if the motion would help them, some people a decrease would actually save their life. Some people is corrupted because they are like a child with power. If you give a child keys, they become a problem. If you give a child a, a car, a set of car keys, and just go tell them they can take the car, they become a problem. Not all wealthy people should be wealthy. Not all people that have companies should have companies. Some people that have companies, it would really do them well to be janitors somewhere, and then give them a company after they've been a janitor for about two years. They'll make a wonderful CEO. But some people never know real hard work or they never know, they never have integrity because they're never put in a position to have to have integrity. I mean, some people, it would do them well to be around black people. Some black people would do them well to just stick them around a lot of white people. Some rich people would do them well to be around some poor people. Some poor people need to learn something about being around rich people. Some black people think all white people is rich. They need to... Be around somebody and see that they struggle like everybody else. I mean, I'm just saying, what is success? These are some of the things that the Holy Spirit will reveal. Completely different than what we've taught in a lot of our churches, where everybody's trying to get more and get more. 
So we need the Holy Spirit because we need to understand how to live, how to survive, what is prosperity, what 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 should we be seeking as individuals. Everybody want to be successful, but at what cost? I mean, we need the Spirit to rightly direct us into true prosperity. I want us, I want success, but I want, the Bible talks about, uh, I want that wealth that added no sorrow. The Bible talks about wealth that added sorrow and wealth that addeth no sorrow. I want the wealth that addeth no sorrow. There is wealth that, that comes with sorrow. I don't want to make money and just be all my life worried about, you know, who is going to come after me because I, I've stepped on so many people to get it or be like a lot of these rappers and I know that my whole empire is built on degrading women and, 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 and creating a, you know, a gangster mentality in our people and turning about and turning precious little young lady into whores and and creating the whole stripper world. And everybody wanna be a stripper. I don't wanna be somewhere knowing that my wealth has caused my people, my young ladies and young uh daughters, friends to be uh, more open to now stripping and the whole being a whole thing and fast money and there's people there Wealth added sorrow. The Holy Spirit is the one that would divide this and let us know the way to go. We need to know the Father. The Father is a big mystery. Nobody knows the Father. Nobody. I'm going to say, I know it's a blanket statement, but a lot of these pastors, preachers, they don't know the Father. Some of these people can't even tell you who the Father is. They think the Jesus or Yeshua or uh, Yahshua or the Emmanuel or the Messiah, Christ, is the Messiah, is the Father. That is the craziest thing I hear in churches. I guess Satan said, well, if I can't get them to worship uh, uh, me, they're not going to worship the Father. I'll tell you that. I'll just make Christ the Father. One lady put his hands on Christ and said, good master. And he said to her, why do you call me good? I'm going to say it again. There was a woman that walked up to Christ, put his hand on Christ. For many of you say Jesus. I'll say Jesus. I'm not afraid to say Jesus, but it's, there was no J in the Hebrew language, so it couldn't have been Jesus. So I said, just say Emmanuel to be on the safe side. But you can say Jesus. The Father knows you're talking about. I know how to change the Bible and try to make him white and create this whole image and all this, but... The bottom line, when people call on Jesus, they're not talking about what Europeans did in creating this whole thing about a white image and they named him Jesus and all this. People calling on Mary's baby. They're calling on the Lamb of God. So a lot of you Hebrew Israelites, give the people a break. They don't cheat to say Jesus. The Father knows exactly what we're talking about. Now, This woman touched him and said, good master. And he said, why do you call me good? I'm coming out of Luke 18 and 19. Luke 18 and 19, why do you call me good? He said, there's no one good but the Father. 
Now, if I ask you right now, do you think Christ is good to yourself? Of course. I'm not saying he ain't good. I'm just saying what the Bible says. Why call me good? There's no one good but the Father. Well, who was Christ? <laughs> of course, I believe he came, lived, died, rose, left, and is returning. So don't don't throw me in that bag. Yes, I know he lived. But I'm saying, do you really know who he was in comparison to the Father? One lady said, let allow my sons, when you come back in your glory, let me allow my sons to sit on one side of you and another. He said, it's not mine to give. Only the Father can do that. So here he shows a limitation. He says, I can't do that. Only the Father can do that. Somebody said, when are you returning? He, they say, he says, I don't know when I'm returning. Only the Father knows. And when Christ comes into heaven, into the heaven where the Father is, the Father says, sit on my right hand and make your enemies your footstool. So Christ is being canceled by the Father until the enemy becomes his footstool. Do you know who Christ is? So we're talking about the Father. Tonight, the Holy Spirit is to reveal the Father, who is the biggest mystery on the planet. The Father sent the Son to be a lamb for the washing away of the sin so we would have access to the Father. He didn't send the Son so he can shed his blood take away sin so we can relate back to the same lamb. Christ's mission was to bring us closer to the Father. I know a lot of y'all shaking your head because you just probably never heard this. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father, but we come at him in the way Jesus come, or we come at him in Yeshua's name. Yahshua's name or Emmanuel's name. That's what it means to come in his name. It means you coming as he came, speaking as he spoke, with the same authority he spoke, with his, whether he came with. We go to the Father as though we are the Messiah. That's what it means to come in his name. It don't mean in your prayer with it in Jesus' name, I pray. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying stop that. I'm just saying that's what it means when you say, in Jesus' name, I pray. You really mean to say, I've come, I'm coming to you the way Christ came to you. I'm talking to you the way Christ came to you. I'm expecting you to answer me as the way Christ. You go in his name. It's like using somebody's credit card. You go as though you're them. That credit card is their line of wealth. That's what the name means. All of these things does the Holy Spirit reveal. And to strangers. So now I've talked about what to do for your family. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to handle our kids and what they're going through, what we're going through in this political world. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us in our own relationship with the Most High. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to lead our homes. We need the Holy Spirit to help us just to be better fathers, better mothers. It can impart that word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. And you know what? I'm sorry I'm jumping around. Y'all have to forgive me, but it's just so good. It's just so many areas to talk about, but I didn't finish the, the gifts of the Spirit. I do, do, do truly apologize. But the gifts of the Spirit, back to the gifts of the Spirit, First Corinthians uh, 12, 
We talked about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and a gift of faith, okay? Now I want to talk about um, the gift of healing. We talked about the gift of healing also. So let's go ahead and look at some more gifts of the Spirit. Uh, more gifts of the Spirit would be one called working of miracles. Working of miracles. This is where the Holy Spirit empower you, comes over you, and you be- just begin to perform miracles. I mean, you begin to perform miracles as the Spirit will. I must say it, as the Spirit will. It's not you just doing this. The Spirit is empowering you to perform these miracles. The Spirit is overpowering you. Uh, I don't like the word overpowering. That sounds like force. You give it the Spirit your your body. You, 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 it'll start off in the mornings. When you get up, you say, Father, bless me today. Bless, happy to be a blessing to your kingdom today. Um, use me today. Um, lead me and guide me into all truth. Protect me today. You pray a prayer like that, and you mean it. You do mean this prayer, and you submit your body, your mind, your, everything you can to the Father's work. Now, when you do that, if you're sincere in what you said, and if you submit to the Father, the Spirit is going to use you. And oftentimes this word of knowledge may come, a word of wisdom may come, or a gift of miracles may come. And what that means, a gift of miracle is, you be minding your own business, and something will come upon you to perform a show enough miracle. I don't know how to make it more no more plainer than that, folks. It's just it's a it's a miracle. It's it, it is a miracle. It is something that people say. I just don't believe you did that. I don't. How did you do that? What? How did you? It's a miracle. It's not you. It's the spirit within you. It moves on you, and there is a miracle. A lot of times, you'll find uh, people doing things that supernatural people just can't do. You know, just like when the evil spirits, I know y'all can believe this one, just like when evil spirits come over people and they do some of the most horrific, just crazy, evil, unimaginable things, and it's, it's it equally blows your mind. That's what a miracle is on a positive note. It's the spirit move on you. Because all spirits want a body. All spirits want a body. Every spirit want a body. So they can bring glory to its to their God. Evil spirits want to take over our bodies, so they can bring evil into uh, flu fruition. And um, the Holy Spirit wants to take over body to bring uh, the kingdom into fruition. So all I'm saying is, when we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and I'm gonna try to end this show talking about what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, because all right, you hear about this power, you see the need for it, you see the overwhelming need for it, and you get to a point where you say, okay, I want it, I want it. Well, how do I get it? We'll talk about that last. Because if we don't talk about how you can connect with it, the show is worth it, worthless. So I want to just share tonight, again, the need. We've I hopefully have established that. we talked about needing, uh, needing it in your family, how it reveals the Father. And then with strangers... Uh, well, hold on there. I go again. I don't want to go ahead and finish the gifts here. Again, there's so much to talk about, folks. I have a road all in front of me. It's all organized, but it's just so, uh, you get to talk about one thing, it's just so powerful, you can't get off of it. But anyway, we talked about the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. Another gift that the Spirit imparts into uh, us is something called the tongues, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues. 
What that means is, this is what happened in the book of Acts. Uh, the Spirit moved upon mankind, these people in this upper room. And the will of the Spirit at that time was to use their bodies to speak in a language to the people that was visiting Jerusalem. Now, remember Christ on the go to Jerusalem until they be endowed with power, and uh, it was when the Holy Spirit come down and fill them, and they begin to speak in tongues. Now, what the Spirit desired to do at that moment, what the Most High had the Spirit did at that moment, was to empower the people to speak in languages of all of the guests in Jerusalem to where they could see this miracle. These people being mere Galileans, people you know, wasn't supposed to know their language. These people spoke every language of the people that was there. And that was a miracle. Because how do you get a bunch of people to be like a bunch of black folks who lived in the, you know, uh, the state to be in a room and then they all start just, you know, just start speaking, praising the Most High in Japanese, praising the Most High in Swahili, praising the Most High in French, praising the Most High in all these languages. And you know these people ain't been outside that, that area. That was a miracle. And that happened in the book of Acts. But that same spirit, when it moves on you to speak in tongues, is not always having you speak in another language. It will do whatever it wants to with your body with regards to building the kingdom. What I mean, what's right? It's not going to do anything wrong. But when you submit to the Holy Spirit, it will use your body and pray to the Father uh, also. And there's lots of scriptures that talk about that. When you pray in the Spirit, you say, He that speaking in unknown tongues, speaking not to man, but unto God. But when it first came to the planet, the earth, when the Spirit was first poured out upon all men, according to Joel, the book of Joel, these men spoke the language of every nationality that was represented there in Jerusalem. It was a sign from heaven that the Holy Spirit is here. That was a major miracle that day for all of those guests to hear these locals speaking their language. And then what they were saying was another thing, giving glory to the Most High. All right? So that's the gift of tongues. The next, the next gift is uh, just like that's powerful, to be able to have the Spirit move on you and you speak an unknown language you don't even know, or you speak and it's the Spirit praying to the Father. Say, why, would, why would the Spirit want to pray to the Father? Can he just pray to the Father without you? When a human being prays, they tap into all kind of laws. And so I believe this is why the Spirit wants to pray through us because it's us yielding our vessel, our body that the Most High created. And there's a certain blessing comes when we yield our body to the Holy Spirit's desire. I think that is where the blessing comes, the fact it's our bodies. Yes, the Spirit can pray to the Father. They don't need us. But this is us praying. This is, excuse me, this is Holy Spirit praying through our faculties, our bodies. We've given our body over to him, and I think there's a reward for that. But the interpretation of the Spirit is the, the bomb, and this is something else. You hear tongues, you hear tongues, you don't know what they're saying. They're going on talking in tongues. You don't know what they're saying. It just sounds like somebody speaking another language. And then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, you get the message. And you don't just get the message. Listen, folks. Listen to me, please. You don't just get the message. 
people that interpret tongues, they know beyond a shadow of doubt that the Most High is saying this, that, or the other with the tongues that was just spoken. It's a strong revelation that you know what the Most High is saying through, uh, with the Spirit saying through those tongues. What is praying to the Father, sometimes what the Spirit does, sometimes what the Spirit does when it takes over the body and the person begins to speak in tongues, the Spirit, the Father is speaking through the Spirit to the church. Sometimes that happens. Have you ever been in a church where you may not have been, uh, but maybe you have been in a church where somebody go off in tongues and then somebody else interpret? This is spoken of in the book of Acts. So tongues, interpretation of tongues is a major, major. This is one area the least coveted by the church. People just don't pursue, uh, not that you pursue a gift. You're not supposed to pursue a gift. Pursue is not the right word, but for some reason, I think it's the way we're taught in our childhood and in a lot of these previous churches we come out of. We, we with Tongues are so badly spoken about, people just don't pursue that, those gifts. But I think it's neat to have um, your body set up where the, the Holy Spirit can have its own communication network through you, whether speaking out to people in another language or whether speaking to the church with some, you know, waiting on someone to interpret or whether the Holy Spirit is using your body to pray to the Father. Either way, the Holy Spirit using your body to speak in another language is just mind-blowing. It's a communication network that the church just don't have because they don't believe in tongues anymore. But when... You receive tongues, which we'll hopefully talk about at the end of the show. When you pray that prayer and ask the Most High, and I'm already getting into it, but when you ask the Most High to fill you with His Spirit, baptize you in the Spirit, and you submit your body, mind, soul, spirit to the Most High and ask Him to uh, uh, baptize you in the Holy Spirit, one of the things that happens when you are totally have given over your will, totally submissive, you will speak in other tongues. I mean, you have you've given control over to the spirit. It's almost like the way it happens when evil spirits is, get complete control. They can speak to the person's vocal cords. And sometimes maybe a woman, and when they open their mouth, it'll, it'll sound like a man and scare the living crap out of you. If you ever never seen it before, it'll scare you where you will lose sleep because this little woman will sound like some burly man and it'll scare the crap out of you. I've seen it so many times. If I got a dollar for every time I've seen that, have a nice little chunk, uh, a stack of change. Again, this is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit taking over, using our bodies to glorify the Most High. Now, so these are the gifts of the Spirit. Once the Spirit does take over your body, and once the Spirit does take over your life, and once we submit to the Spirit, here are the blessings. Now, this is going to blow you away for sure. If nothing else on this shell blow you away, this is going to be something you will never, ever forget the rest of your life. This is called the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody on this planet is trying to get these gifts. Some people are millionaires or billionaires, and they buy, they try to buy these gifts. 
some people who don't have much money at all and they're trying to get these gifts. But the gifts of the Spirit, oh, I'm sorry, free of Spirit, keep saying gifts, stuck on gifts, free of Spirit. This is characteristic. It's another word for fruit. So when the Spirit dominates your life, it's going to dominate your personality. And this is how you will be once the fruit of the Spirit is manifest in your life. Again, fruit of the Spirit just means what? It's kind of like a tree. If an apple tree is planted somewhere and it's a true apple tree, sooner or later, apples is going to come. Well, this is what comes from a life totally influenced by, inspired by, motivated by the Holy Spirit. This is how this person would be. Do you know people like this? They will be full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, 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 goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. There's not that many of them, but everybody on this planet I've ever met would nearly die to get those. Again, here they go one more time. This is the fruit. This is what comes into your life when the spirit is dominating. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which means just toughness, being able to endure things. When they, when things does happen to you, you just don't fall apart. You have this ability to be tough. Because the Bible says those that live righteous shall suffer persecution. You're going to go through something if you live a righteous life. And if you have the gift, the fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, the fruit of the Spirit called long-suffering, it just means, for lack of a better word, toughness. The ability to just stand up against the wiles of the enemy. Gentleness is characteristic of the Spirit or fruit of the Spirit. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Can you control your temper? Do you know people that have these characteristics? If you do, you know a person that is led by the Spirit. Having said all of that, I know I laid a long foundation, but I had to. So now you understand the need for the Holy Spirit. You now understand what it does, the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit imparts. And there are millions of people all over this world that will testify to those gifts, how they was mind their own business, got a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a gift of faith or a gift of miracle or another prophecy. I don't know if I mentioned prophecy. I should have mentioned prophecy. I think I did skip prophecy, but uh, prophecy was another one. 
know how I did that, but I did skip prophecy. But for sure, prophecy is another gift of the Spirit. Minding your own business, and all of a sudden, this ability comes over you to expound on the Word, understand the Word, and even what the Word, the word uh, has to do with the future, uh, what the Most High is doing uh, on the earth. You understand the Scriptures from uh, a prophetic standpoint. This is called... Uh, bear with me. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to pull it back up here because, like I said, I want to. I always like to have it fun when I have it. But you are, you operate in the prophetic. The Holy Spirit moves upon you and uses you, uh, giving you the gift of prophecy. Okay. Again, you'll be able to expound on the Word, understand what the Word is saying uh, with regards to the past and the future. Prophecy is a very much coveted gift. Lots of people want that gift. Lots of people claim they have it, but I don't think they do. But a lot of people claim to have the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy and the gift of healing is the most popular gifts in the church. The gift of prophecy and the gift of healing is the most popular gifts in the church. So those gifts, uh, there should be nine. I should have went through nine. Um, This is what a lot of people covet. They want it, they want it, and they want it yesterday. So I want to share something with everyone that, um, you know, um, that I think will really nail down, oh, I'm sorry, y'all have to forgive me. I'm just, I'm not very much organizing my thoughts tonight. I got stuff rolled down more than one page, and then I got uh, the Internet opened up. I got certain pages, and I'm just missing, missing, uh, missing a few uh uh, I'm striking out here, but I uh, did overlook uh, the discerning of spirits, okay? The discerning of spirits is major. I don't know how I missed that because that's the one I'm about to share with you that I went through. But I do have it on my notes here. I just, you know, got stuck on those other other issues. But the discerning of spirit is the one that I've been using more than any any of the gifts, the discerning of spirit. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. I don't know why it comes over me, but I'll share with you a few times that it did. One time I was friends with a young lady, and she had a daughter. Her daughter, um, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to touch her. She's probably listening right now. And uh, she had some daughters. She had three daughters. And one of them had an imaginary friend called Satima. Uh-oh. Well, that's the imaginary friend name. That's not her name. And her name was similar. Well, I guess I can mention her name because we don't know the mother name. But her name was Sabrina. Okay, so there was a, a lady I dated. Her, had a daughter, three daughters, and one of them named was Sabrina. Imagine her friend name was Satina. Okay, everybody get that? There was something weird about this imaginary friend. I've heard I've heard so many kids over the years talk about imaginary friend, this imaginary friend, that. But I never saw a child that stuck on imaginary friend. Now, anybody else would have came in the house, saw the young lady, and wouldn't have thought none of it. I just know because she had this friend forever, and this girl hanging around a lot of Christians. The girl I dated hanging around a lot of Christians, so nobody thought none of it. But I got a word or discerning of spirits. I got a discerning of spirits, and I felt the presence of uh uh, 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 something was not right about that whole situation. I felt I, I, I was discerning 
I felt this discernment that this was an evil spirit. So I told uh, the young lady I was dating, I said, listen, I just don't, something right about this. So she said, well, let's go walking. So we went walking, and uh, I went ahead and just explained. I said, listen, <laughs> I said, I, I'm not knocking imaginary friends. We all probably had them, but this one is not right. Make the long story, because it is a long story, make the long story very short. We ended the walk, came on to the house. She said, okay, I'll just tell my my daughter to no longer talk about this friend no more since she feel like this. She probably thought I was tripping, but, you know, she liked me and probably didn't want to lose me as a boyfriend. I don't know. So we got back to the house. We was going to tell Sabrina, her daughter, that you can no longer have this friend. So we knocked on the door or started to open the door with the keys. This daughter runs to the door and says, Mama, Satima says she's going to be leaving and she won't be coming back anymore. That scared the crap out of the mother, my girlfriend, because she understood that what I had perceived was very true. Now, I know people can always come up with a reason not to believe and just say, oh, that just happened, whatever, whatever, whatever. But my friend, there's a whole lot more where that come from. This was a spirit traumatizing. Well, no, I'm not going to say traumatizing because it's a child and look traumatized, but this was a spirit that had gained access into this home. The mother was oblivious to it, thought a child was just having an imaginary friend, but this friend was indeed a spirit. What do you think the spirit's job was or assignment was? You think he was just there to be a little playmate? No, these spirits want to get control of our life. In the end, it wants to destroy us, just like that boy in Miami. In the end, that cop shot him. After he was attacking that elderly man, the cop shot him, and that spirit moves on to somebody else. So, anyway, we began to pray. We came in the house, and we said, listen, let's go get in a circle. So we got three girls, and we begin to pray. And then the one girl that says she had an imaginary friend named Satima, you know I made sure that she was right beside me when we prayed. And as I was binding this enemy and saying, you are no longer welcome in this house and you have to go, you foul spirit of darkness, I command you to leave. You know, and back then I used the name of Jesus. That's why I tell folks the name of Jesus is fine. The most I know exactly what we call it on. But if you want to be more correct, according to scriptures, name wasn't Jesus. But you, if you don't know what I just said, keep using Jesus so you know better. Once you know better, you do better. But I said in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave this home. You foul spirit. You have to know you are trespassing. These are people of the most high. You have got to go. You've got to go. We bind you. And then the girlfriend was saying, yes, yes. Now, you might hear in your mind when you hear somebody say, yes, or I agree, or amen, you may think nothing of that. But the Bible says, that when we touch and agree on anything, 
it shall be done. There is power in agreement. I know we don't understand all these things because we're not raised, a lot of us are not raised with this day and night. But I'm one of those that was. I learned there is agreement in people saying yes. It's very important when we pray, folks say yes, I agree, I agree, I agree, I'm with you, amen, that's right. I'm serious. That's a whole nother Bible study right there. Make the long story short, when I begin to pray, that girl started moving her hand out of my hand. She started pulling her hand from me. There was a fight going on. It wasn't a very strong fight, but it was a little bit of hesitation there. And just when I was guess when she started pulling her hand. Y'all think I'm making this up. I don't have to make nothing up. This is it's so many people that can come on the phone line and just share with you something very similar. Like I said, millions would testify and say that brother right, and he didn't tell the whole truth. There is war, folks. We're in the middle of a war. and Some of y'all are oblivious to the enemy. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. He said, I will give you power to cast out evil spirits. That's one of the things it does. It's a comforter. It's not one of the nine gifts. It's not one of the nine gifts. I got a message. Got ninety seconds left in this broadcast. So anybody that's on the chat room, in the chat room, and you want to keep listening, you must call the phone number on, the, on your screen there, the seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. Again, you must call seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. It's very important. Y'all don't get locked out if you don't. So if you want to listen to I've got a whole lot more to talk about. Now I'm talking about my testimony. So, again, please call quickly, quickly, quickly. Let me just go ahead and post a number in the chat room for those of y'all that's kind of slow uh, with finding that number. 760-283-0838. You're going to be locked out. You won't be able to call the show after that. I think right now you got like 30 seconds. Okay? So let me see. Just post this real quick for everybody. Please call quickly, quickly. I don't want y'all to miss out. But if you do miss out, don't forget you can just listen to the after the broadcast go off. It'll be recorded, so you can listen to the recording. Just fast forward to the very end, what you missed. You can just wait after the show is over with. We should be done no later than eleven fifteen. I mean, no later than um, another fifteen minutes. Okay. Seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. But anyway, anyway, this is just some time where the Most High. Uh, had his spirit to reveal to me this discerning of spirit, this discerning of spirit, okay? Countless times, folks, and I, I can't even put a number on this, countless times I've, I've I've been on the road and I've discerned racism in people. And I mean, it wasn't just, oh, that guy looked like a racist, you know, and it wasn't that. It really wasn't. It's just... I mean, I ain't going to say I haven't got it wrong. Sometimes I have got it wrong. You thought a person was racing the most loving person around. Yes, I've done that too. But, I mean, there have been times I knew beyond shadow doubt this is a spirit of racism. It's a spirit of hatred. Now, watch this. Let me explain what happens. We're going down the road. We're driving uh, this little Cadillac we used to own. And, I, and I'm in the passenger seat. My wife is driving. I don't normally like for going to drive me around, but this one time out, she was driving. And I saw a cop at a red light, and we passed in front of him because we had the, the right of way. We, we was on um, another light, and our light turned green. He had to stop. 
And I told my wife, that cop is going to stop us. The cop is going to stop. It was just a knowing I had. This, I believe, wasn't so much a spirit. It wasn't so much a spirit. I think I said discerning the spirit, but I think this was more of a, a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge. Now, you can say what you want to say, but I passed by hundreds of police officers, and I'll never say that. I don't think I've ever said it to I think I've only said it just that one time. And that guy, it wasn't a good 200 feet that got turned his light. Now, somebody may say, well, maybe you was doing something crazy, or maybe you had something illegal, and you knew it, and you knew a cop, whatever, whatever. About 300 feet, his lights went off. I told you, how did you know that? I said, listen, listen. He is just judging us based upon, he's profiling us. He has nothing on us. And she said, oh, my goodness, she's all nervous. I said, don't worry about it. He'll have nothing on us. He just thinks we met a certain profile. So anyway, he comes into the car, and, I, and I'm not lying. This is exactly what this man said. He says, is this a Cadillac? No, he says, is this a, uh, he says, uh, what kind of car is this? And I said, this is a Cadillac. He said, oh, I thought it was a Chevrolet. So you can see your uh, driving license. He went back to his, car, his, his, his cruiser, and he sat there for a while, and he came back and said, you guys have a good day. He never got his, because uh, he had asked, uh, he asked for proof of insurance, but he never asked us for nothing else. Now, if I count and I try to remember every time that happened to me, something, I'm talking about something just like that, where you say something is going to happen. And, and the average person would never say it, and it happens. You have this knowledge. I knew he was going to pull us over. I just knew it. Here's something else. In Cincinnati, because, you know, I came here in 2008 where I am, in the Dallas Hall, there in 2008, so a lot of my life, well, not a lot, but 19 years of my life I spent in Cincinnati, so sometimes you hear me say things in Cincinnati, not Dallas Forward. Sometimes I'm Dallas Forward, not Cincinnati, but... In Cincinnati, cops is off the chain. Justice Department came down and said there was the worst police department they ever seen. They answered to nobody. I get pulled over a lot. Every black man did. They, they raced your profile big time in Cincinnati. And I remember many times my wife would be with me. And when the cop get out of the car, I would take authority over the spirit of racism I was saying real crazy, but I did because I knew if I it's, it's if I felt like it, if I felt it was racist. Sometimes it's because I just did something wrong. Maybe I did just you know make a wrong or I turn or something. But I got stopped a lot, and I say ninety percent of the t- I say eighty five percent of the time I was not in the wrong, didn't do nothing wrong. But there was those times I did not have this blinker out, that blinker out, or something wrong. But most of the time, it was zero, nothing. And I would bind the end and say, Satan, I take authority over you. You will not use this person to harass me. I command you to leave this person. And I just would bind them because the Bible says, if you bind something on the earth, it is bound in heaven. And if you lose something on the earth, it's loose in heaven. I know some of y'all flipping out. And I have to think about those. Some of y'all probably say, why do you keep 
saying, you know, we're thinking. I've got to remember that all kind of people listen to this show, not just Bible-toting folks. And I and I want to be sensitive to where they're at. I want to appeal to them. I want to be relevant to where they're at because if I'm always speaking to people that think like me, that's very selfish. And I know a lot of people do think this is some crazy stuff. That's why I'm saying addressing them. So the rest of y'all just be patient with me. But for those of y'all that think I am the craziest, looniest person you ain't never, you know, you know, no such thing as racism and cop. There are people. They once they take off that 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 uniform, they are the nicest people on the planet. But when they put on that uniform, it's like the spirit of racism come upon them, and they harass people like they're devils. They kill people like there is, like they're animals, and they take off their uniform and they like a little angels. There is a spirit of racism in the Cincinnati police force or a spirit of hatred. What's the name? I may get that wrong, but I know it's a spirit of oppression. It wants to oppress people of color. And sometimes these people don't even know why they're doing it. So I bind it up before it even comes to my car. And my wife said, how do you do this? How do you do it? They'll always come to the car, and most of the time they'll say this, can I see your license and your proof of registration? I mean, proof of, now here they go, can I see your license, uh, your proof of insurance and registration? They always get the license first because you always have to dig for the insurance. By the time they come back for the insurance, nine times out of ten, they come back pretty quickly, so we can hardly get it out. But they never check. They never check. In. And all they always say, but why don't they never check your life, your, your registration and proof of insurance? I say because they're not looking for me. They're looking for me to, to – they're looking for these rappers. They look for folks. They see a black man, and they think I'm going to have an attitude. And they're looking to oppress our young people. This is a word of knowledge that will come over me, and I've learned to not even just, just – my wife, I think, have learned to respect me now when I say certain things about cops because I, they never check insurance. They never check registration. They never do. But you ask somebody else and say, oh, yeah, they check my insurance. They but what it is, somebody may say, well, probably when they go back to the vehicle, they probably check in the computer and see that you have it. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But I do know one thing, 95% of the time, they don't give me a ticket. If I did something wrong, I should get a ticket. Now, I do. I have gotten tickets now. I mean, you think that's clear and straight. But what I've learned is these police officers is looking for a certain type of response. There have been times I have done something wrong. I know I did something wrong. I didn't want to wait, and I mean, it turns the light right when it turned red. I still, I got out there, in the, you know, in the middle of the street, and knowing it's going to turn red. And, I mean, you know, something like that, and they still don't ticket you. Or maybe some other thing that I was terribly wrong in. You know, I remember one time going another wrong, uh, the wrong way, knowing these are the things you get rolled up on, you get tickets for, and they don't ticket me. And she said, well, you, she said, I don't know how you do that, but what it is is very simple. I call them, yes, sir, no, sir. I treat them with respect, and it diffuses the situation 
Because in their mind, the enemy is saying, there go one, there go one. And they'll pull you over with this. something that comes to call with an attitude. But when I open up my mouth and I say, yes, sir, it changes them. And somebody may say, well, you was just nice, you just kissing up. No, no, these spirits, these spirits don't have complete control of these individuals. It's just speaking to them. It's like you don't have complete control over some of us. These evil spirits speak to us. They speak thoughts, bad thoughts about each other. Sometimes about our own family members and they have us fighting, you know, and then somebody will come out with truth and, and, and the spirits lose. They, they, they don't get what they want because of truth. So when I say yes or no, sir, I'm saying to him, I respect you. I'm not about to say, yo, MF, why are you pulling me over, man? Y'all are some dumb blah, 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 blah. You know, I, when I don't come at him like that, they don't even want to check my registration or, or, or proof of insurance. They don't even want to look at it. Okay, what's the computer? It's just going to look at it. And they, the biggest thing is they don't even write me up a ticket for when I do do wrong. Now, I know sometimes cops just let you go. I understand that, too, but I mean, I, mean, I did it a whole lot. Now, that might be a little subtle, but I just have to share that. that the, I get this word of knowledge sometimes that comes from time to time, and I'll know some before I know it. Most people want to hear about this situation after the convention, so I'll go ahead and share this. I don't like just talking about this all the time because it's like that's the only thing I got to talk about. And there's so much God has done for me. But nothing shows the demonstration of the power than the situation that happened at the Tarrant County Convention Center, one of the Believers' Convention, where we experienced over three hours of uh, exorcist type of behavior. Most people like hearing this because it is a straight-up, clear demonstration of the spirit of the Most High. And this probably is, probably is out of all the things. So I want to share this before I talk about any other experiences because I get so much. Uh, it's one of my most popular blogs on Blog Talk Radio just because of this I'm about to share. This all happened, uh, and this is a spirit, a discerning of spirits. This is when the spirit of the Most High, this Holy Ghost we've been talking about all night, moved up on me and gave me this, I believe, the discerning of spirits. And I'll tell you why I say it in a second. We're all standing around after the convention, the Kennecope Believers Convention, and we're all just standing around praying. And one of the young ladies who people, I'm not, I almost said her name, uh, I definitely want to say her name. But anybody that know me know this story, know this person. But uh, not everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of y'all. So anyway, we was at this convention. We was all sitting around praying, holding hands, and something. This particular person went out. What we call went out in the spirit, or uh, uh, slain the spirit. Various names for it. To the average person, it looked like they just fainted, but they haven't fainted. They just Spirit moves on people at these conventions, and sometimes, like I said earlier, they just can't stand the uh, stand the power of the Most High. They go out. So watch this. When this person falls to the ground, somebody just throws them over like they normally do, and normally that's all you do. You only just kind of watch them, make sure nobody steps on them. Normally, somebody sits right there and kind of watch them. In Pentecostal churches all over the world, they have done this over a trillion times. It's just please. But after I walk away, 
I'm praying, you know, because we're all in a prayerful mode. We just, the convention was good, and we just don't want to lose what the Most High was just saying through the different ministers there. And we're just in a prayerful mode. Everybody at the convention is where we're supposed to be, trying to hear from the Most High. So I'm in a prayerful mode, and I'm just walking away, and all of a sudden it hit me. It hit me. It hit me. It, it, it does this periodically in my life, and this is another time it did. There's other times I'll share that if we get a little time tonight. But this time it hit me. I knew. Beyond a shadow of doubt, with a bit, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, that this girl that is out in the spirit, supposedly out in the spirit, is not out in the spirit. But Satan, or not Satan, because that's the name of his kingdom, I call it Satan, but it's actually more, more politically correct, it's an evil spirit. Is involved with this. This is an evil thing. It's not a good thing. Satan is mocking the spirit, or Satan has just taken control over this girl because he don't want her praying. So she goes down the spirit. Everybody stop praying for her, or everybody just we quit holding hands. Maybe as long as we held hands, she could get free of the evil spirits. We was all praying for each other. I don't know why or what the spirit was doing, but when this girl went out in the spirit, she was not out by. The spirit of God And I knew it I knew it I knew it I knew it So what I did And I told everybody What I felt I said Everybody This girl Is not out in the spirit Like y'all think She's not She's not And they said Of course Yes she is Yes she was just praying With all praying I said no I was standing right I was right here Praying with y'all But she ain't out of the spirit and they looked at me like, oh, man, we got to explain him. About the, I said, I know exactly what slain the spirit means. I know exactly. I mean, I just really explained to them that I knew exactly what was happening. And they all kind of like um, blew me off. So I walked away, you know. You know, I didn't get misunderstood. But I knew beyond a shadow of that, and if you know, if you know beyond a shadow of that, you're going to do what I was about to do. What would you do if you knew beyond a shadow of doubt? I went and I picked her up off the floor and I took her away from them because something needed to be done. If this is an evil spirit and this girl is being taunted by this demon, I need to get her somewhere. Where somebody can pray. So I picked up and I looked to my left, looked to my right, saying, Who can I go take her to to pray for her? We can't have on this floor any people that she has with her. They numb seeing what's going on. So I looked around and I finally just gave up and I took her outside. And outside the Fort Worth Tarrant County Convention Center, there's these two uh, large waterfall looking things you can sit on. And so I went and sat down at one of them and I just had this girl in my arms. And I was looking around, looking around, who can I get to pray for her? Who can I get to pray for her? Because I just didn't, I guess I could have, and I was all along praying for her, but I wanted help. So I was out there, and surely, lo and behold, people saw coming, people saw coming, people saw coming to pray with her. Make the long story short, and I'm fast-forwarding this thing real fast, because remember, it's a three-hour ordeal, about a three-hour ordeal. So... Next thing you know, whites are coming, different ages. I mean, mostly, you know, mature-looking people. Some of them look like businessmen, businesswomen. You know, the convention is full of nice-looking people. And blacks, 
There's all types of people out there praying. At one point, I looked around, it might have been 50, maybe 60 people out there, a lot of people out there. And all of them, you know, knew about the situation. Some walked over and was bold enough to say, you know, to, to pray, touch her or touch me and started praying for her. Because she had no, she was just like a limp noodle, just no, just, well, just laying there. No, she wasn't dead or anything, but she just looked lifeless. And that's the way she stayed the whole while. So we just, you know, I'm, we just praying, praying, praying. And everybody's praying all kind of prayers, all kind of prayers. Father, bless her, loose her, bind her. We had this, the folks didn't know, so, you know, what do you do? I get up and I give her to her boyfriend, some boyfriend, and he holds her because I just kind of want to step away from the whole thing. And so he's holding her now. She's like a limp noodle, just just look lifeless, okay? I walked away. I noticed everybody's praying all kind of prayers. We was not on one accord, and that, that, is gonna, that may be why what happens next is about to happen. But I don't know. I just know we was not on one accord. So after a while, everybody had kind of left her, but was standing in the background. Maybe it was probably left about 25 people, maybe maybe 30, I don't know, kind of in the background still praying, stretching out their hands, praying from her for, from a distance. And most, a lot of people had left. Then all of a sudden, her boyfriend starts to pray. Remember, he's just one person holding her. And he literally looks at her, and this is a very strong, young Christian, you know how people are when they first come to the Lord and they're very on fire, turned on, ready to go. They easily believe the word, you know, this, that's how this brother was. He was known around the city for being a very strong uh, uh, person, a person of faith. So he began to pray for her. And I heard him binding the enemy, speaking to her, you know, I command you to let, to let her go because his girlfriend he cares about her. And she is like lifeless. It looks really bad. All of a sudden, folks, this girl comes alive in a way that I cannot explain on this uh, on this phone, on this mic. I cannot, I cannot tell you. I just can only tell you. You kind of get a, a mental image of it. But this girl come alive, and it's I don't know if it scared her boyfriend or not, but he ended up putting her on the ground. She was acting like a snake. Her body was coming up off the ground. And everybody that was anywhere close to her jetted. I mean, they really got away from her. I mean, folks was running, moving like, oh, my God. They never seen nothing like it. I'm talking about folks that are supposed to be showing up strong Christian Bible thumpers was getting up away from her because that was some Scary, scary mess. And when it happened, all I could say, probably shouldn't have said it, but all I could say was, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Because I just felt this overwhelming thing of people thinking I was, you know, and then, you know, I just want, maybe I was saying to them, maybe I was saying to myself, but all I remember saying is I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. So I comes over and I just begin to start praying then. Some of the people start getting up courage to kind of come back, and some got closer than others, and we just started beginning to pray. And everybody knew we was dealing with now. We knew this was a devil, a demon. So watch this. We started praying, and this thing started talking through this girl. 
and it was the craziest thing, some of the things it was saying. It was crazy. For a long, detailed account of this story, I'm looking at my archives right now. I'm going to tell you all exactly which one to go to. If you want to hear about this story in details, because um, I'll tell you about the Cincinnati police here in a second. But it's uh, January, March, April. It's April the 15th of 2011. April the 15th, 2011. I go into a strong account. This is my most popular show. But make the long story short, the police come. You know when Cincinnati police roll up, they got to report somewhere there is a report on this. And they start making everybody go, move away, because they had a, well, well first I, there was a, this is, I forget, I'm, I'm skipping the subject, skipping some stuff here. First there was a taxi driver that showed up, and he didn't like the fact that all these white people were standing over this black girl on the ground. Y'all got to know who this girl is. This girl ain't no psycho. This girl is a graduated college student now. She has her own business now. And her name, while I'm not going to tell you her name, her nickname was Spiritual whatever her name was. Let's say her name was Joan. It wasn't Joan, but let's say her name was Joan. Her nickname was Spiritual Joan, Spiritual Joan, or Spiritual Susie, or Spiritual Mary. That was what, what people called her because she was so spiritual. She would be the last person you would think would be out there on a dirty sidewalk with her body acting like a snake and a voice talking through her. You will never in this lifetime think that this would happen to her. Just like the brother in Miami that walked up to the gentleman and just started biting his face off like an animal. Police tell him to stop. He growls at him like an animal. You never would look at this guy and pick him out of the photo uh, photo, uh, uh, lineup to be this person. That's the way this girl was. Make the long story short, she went to a Christian university. I mean, the whole nine yards, she was, I'm telling you, it's not like you think. Some crazy person is always acting. No, 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 not this girl. So this taxi driver pulls up, and he don't like the fact she's on the ground. I'm speeding this up, and he says, get up off her. And then we say, sir, can you please not interrupt this? And he says, oh, y'all not going to have my sister on the ground. You get up. Cops came very fast after that, and I was glad they did because his brother was big and bigger than I am, and I'm a big man. So... They moved him out of the way. They moved everybody out of the way. And they, the cops shined the light on that girl. And when they shined the light on our friend, my friend, it scared the hell out of these police officers. They didn't want to have nothing to do, and they even called and got the authorization to reopen up the convention center. They reopened up the convention center for us. Can you believe that? How many times you ever heard that the, the cops reopened up a convention center and they went and got a place to put her? Make the long story short, none of us could get her free. We had to take her to another pastor away from the site. Now, this was just a time where the discerning of spirits was alive, alive, and well. The Holy Spirit is real. The gifts of the Spirit is real. And I'm hoping that tonight I'm laying this out as clear, crystal clear as I can. I uh, want to talk a little bit about, because uh, I'm sure that if it, if, it, if it shook you up, it should shake you up. I mean, those people is kind of rattled by that. So I want to switch again and talk about something a little more lively than we'll go to if I think of another situation. 
I'll bring it up as well. Actually, um, I will share another situation with you, another discerning of spirits. I, I use these two the most. I have discerned other spirits, but it's more like kind of like the cop thing. Y'all can probably write it off and say, oh, you just lucked up. I don't know how you can look up and know a cop going to stop you. Out of all the hundreds and hundreds of cops you see, you but this is another story, kind of like the first one I just mentioned, that will help you see. Because you can't explain that one anyway, can you? One I just, you sure can't. This one is another one you can't explain away. I was minding my own business. I was studying a book by uh, Kenneth Hagen uh, called, it was something to do with demonology. Remember, when you study things like that, the most high will oftentimes give you homework. And this is exactly what this was. I was studying this, and the enemy was, uh, I guess, challenged me. All the Holy Spirit, all the Father, was giving me homework. To this day, I really don't know who, where this assignment come from. I don't know. But I know that the Father will do that sometime. I also know evil spirits will um, sometimes try to challenge the word. The Bible says when the word of God is sown, the evil one will come afterwards and try to take away what was sown. So I don't know if this was it, like, with the parable of the sowers, or if the Most High was saying, Seth, you're reading about these evil spirits, let me show you how they operate. I'm going to show you what kind of power you got. I don't know. So, make the long story short, we was at this library, downtown Forward Library, and uh, I was talking with this brother, and we was arguing the Bible. is very important. You hear me say, arguing the Bible is going to play a major part in this. So, we was arguing the Bible. This is also... Uh, I speak about this also on my show done on the 15th of April. I actually do a part three with demons. I do three shows about demonology, and I talk about a lot of different stories just like this. But my two favorite ones are the one I just showed, t- share with you and the one I'm about to share with you now. These is, I like them because they're clear-cut, straight-up demonic activity. I mean, you just can't run from it. So here we are. With the Polar Public Library, you know, our library is a very quiet atmosphere, and I'm sitting up there, and we're arguing the Bible. Not where anybody really can hear us, but we're just arguing the Bible, which you're not supposed to do. Remember, that's going to play a key part in this in this, in this this story I'm about to share with you. Everything is true to the best of my knowledge. I'm trying my best, not that, you know, it's hard not to lie, but I want to make sure I give you all as much details as possible. We're arguing the Bible. And I'm looking around, you know, naturally, like you just your head just kind of spins around, you know, when you're talking, you know, you look here, you look there, no certain person, you know, you're just talking. And my eyes fell upon this young lady. She wasn't drop, drop, drop dead gorgeous where my mind would be focused on her. She wasn't super fine. I'm like, she's just a decent-looking young lady, young girl, okay? I guess she was about uh, 20 years old, something like that. So I'm talking with her, talk, talk, I mean, talk with the gentleman, and we're arguing about my, my mind having to look over there. I mean, my head having to go her direction. And I saw it, and I didn't think none of it, and kept talking because I see lots of people. And then my, my head happens to kind of, I guess, go back that direction again, and I happen to see her, you know, not really staring like that. And all of a sudden, I had that thing again. I had that knowing again. And I call that a discerning of spirits. I knew beyond a shadow of doubt that the young lady sitting at the end of this table where we were sitting at, I knew beyond a shadow of my God, I would I wouldn't I knew it better, I knew my own name. This girl had something inside of her body other than just 
cells and bones. There was some spirit there. Just like all of us have a human spirit inside of, you know, our bones and guts and cells, there was an evil spirit there, or evil spirit mingling with her spirit. I don't know how you where you want to place the spirit itself, but I knew that, that woman was more than it was more than just her personality or her spirit. I was um, in the atmosphere of, or said like that. So I tell the friend I'm arguing the Bible with the same thing. I tell her what I what I feel, and he just kind of blow me off like, man, yeah, well, okay, yeah. And then we get to talking again more about the Bible, and I say, listen, I can't talk to me, and I just, I'm overwhelmed by what I felt. And I said, I'm going to share with her. I'm going to go and witness to her. So we supposed to be down here doing anyway versus all in the Bible. He said, well, okay, man. So I walked over to her, and when I walked over to her, some strange things going to happen to her, some strange things going to happen to me, so y'all listen very close. All of a sudden, I'm clear. I mean, I can hear this as clear it was share with her the gospel. Even though you saw the spirit, share with her the gospel. I mean, I can hear it clear, clear. And I know it was the spirit of the most high. Share with her the gospel. Share with her the gospel. And all I could think of was this thing that I just picked up and so. I started trying to share with her the gospel. I said, well, why are you? I said, what's your name? She said, your name. I told my name. I said, so what brought you down here? She said, well, I was looking for something for my career. Cause I'm, I said, and then that was the perfect time because she's trying to consider career. What better way to start a career than with God? So I started to go down that road and start telling about God. And, you know, well, now you're just looking at a new career. Are you trying to start a career? This is one of the ones the time to invite uh, the Father to your life and follow Christ's example, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't do it. Folks, I didn't do it. I was disobedient. Now, uh, I found out later why the Father was, uh, by the Spirit, doing this to me, having me to to share with her uh, the gospel, because once a person accepts the Father in their heart, their mind, and soul, and being, once they do this, once they do this, the evil one, do not have legal access to be there anymore. Do you know that? Once you accept the Father in your life, once you decide to follow the Most High, the evil one cannot, does not have access to inhibit your body. It's, he's trespassing. I didn't know that. I learned that later. So at this time, I say, let me tell you why. Really came back to talk to you, and over my mother's grave, y'all, I promise every word I'm about to say is so true. And I can't, and not that I have trouble with lying, but I just I keep feeling to say that because I, I can just only imagine what to sound like to people. So I say, let me tell you why I really came down here. And this young lady wasn't an ugly person. She wasn't down there doing anything kooky, or she was just a regular person in the library. Light-skinned, very light-skinned lady, uh, again, about 20 years old. And when I said I said these words, I said, let me tell you why. I really came here to talk to you. And she said, why? I said, I saw an evil spirit in you. And the minute I got that out of my mouth, I mean a split second after I said it, this girl's face, oh, my God, just thinking about it, 
Every time I tell this story and I think about it, just a tiny bit of fear come over me. You have got to have seen what happened to our faith. Now, people make faces all the time. You know, look at me, I'm a tough guy. They frown, they smile, they be silly. But I bet you can't do something with your eyes and your mouth in two different directions or you can't you can't distort your face the way this girl did. You just can't. You just can't. You can't do your face the way she did. Nobody can. Never seen nobody ever do it. All the people making other faces. This girl's face was out of her control. Now, you think that's scary. What's scary, what's equally scary is what's about to happen to me. This boldness come over me. I don't even know what gift that is, but that's one of those nine gifts of the Spirit. I don't know which one. But this thing comes over me, and I started talking to it like old buddies. Not old buddies, but old rivals. I start. I says, I know who you are. You will not tear this girl's life up. And I, I mean, I just get bold with it. And I was like, wow, where'd that come from? I mean, and then all of a sudden, this girl comes back. She gets position or control of her face again, and she is blowing hard and breathing hard like she's been running. This is in a library. We wasn't loud at all. I mean, when I talked to her, I said, in the volume I'm saying right now, I said, I know who you are, you foul spirit. I said, you will not tear up her life, something to that effect. And and so when she comes back, she's like... (sighs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I say, I say, I say, say, and I call her name, and I say, so and so, you know I can help you, you know I can help you. This is me, this is me. I'm like, I say, you know I can help you, and then all of a sudden that thing comes back, and it just starts to stare and frown, and and then I'm looking and I says, and I'm just talking to it. I command you, you know, I just. And I was commanding it to go, but it wouldn't go. And then she'd come back and she'd be out of breath. And I said, listen, listen, listen. Why don't you let me take you to the back of the library, please? Please just go to the back of the library. And I said, please. She said, I got to go. But, sir, I got to go. I said, listen, you know I can help you. She said, I know, I know, I know, but I got to go. I said, listen, it won't take long. Just go to the back of the library. And I said, you're going to be so much free. And then finally I convinced her and she went to the back of the library with me. And so we walked to the back of the library. She looked like she was in her own mind at that point. So I get to the back of the library. And I get her to put her hands in one of my hands and put her other hand in my other hand. And I'm looking at her, eyeball to eyeball. And I'm saying, here, it's about to go down now. It's about to go down now. I'm getting all emotional. Remember, the, the, the voice, was, the, the, the thing that came to me was the gospel, this simple plan of salvation. Because once a person, again, accepts the Father into their life, all spirits have got to leave them. They don't have legal grounds to be there. That person is no more on their property. The spiritual realm is real, folks. If this stuff comes at you the wrong way and hit you upside the head, you never heard this stuff. I'm sorry. It's the truth, though. And millions, millions will testify. So anyway, I'm looking at her, and I'm just beginning to start talking to this evil spirit. I say, you foul spirit, you're trying to, and she's looking at me with her regular face, 
when I'm talking to this. And then all of a sudden that thing comes just as I started talking. And then she starts trying to pull her hands out of my hands. I know, and I'm like, uh-huh, you trying to pull your hands out. I said, keep your hands in my hands. I said, I, I, I continue to just bind it and bind it. Then all of a sudden, remember we all read the Bible earlier. All of a sudden this thing of guilt is just pouring on me like a bucket of cold water. It's like this whole reality that you just got through arguing the Bible. How can you cast out a demon? And I mean, my confidence, my whole identity, everything just faded. And then this spirit was looking at me through, through and just working her face over like some horrible. And all of a sudden, I realized what I was doing. You're looking into the face of a person that's directly in control of an evil spirit fool. You are here playing, I want to cast out devil. You don't have the power. You don't have the confidence. I mean, I just felt like that. I probably did. I mean, I, I did, but I just didn't stand on the word and just do. That fear gripped me so. And I went over and I said, and then this girl comes back after a while. He just sit up and just taunted me. I should have had my eyes closed. I had my eyes open trying to look at it eyeball to eyeball. And that was not good. I think that's what did me. Had I closed my eyes and just stayed in spirit, I think it would have been a different uh, outcome. So when she comes back, she comes back blowing like she's been running 50 miles or something. And then she's... I say, listen, listen, listen. Let me have your phone number. Let me have your phone number. And then now I plan on, you know, taking some friends of mine and we just go over there and pray for her and get her free. And anyway, so I take out a pen and she gets the pencil and she's writing it down. And it's her. It's not the thing. It's her. And so she writes it down. Then the thing takes over with the pen in her hand. And I'm there standing. And it looks back at me. And I'm not holding her hand no more. And she's free. And it's looking at me. And she writes this. She writes S. Okay, I'll tell you her name. She writing her name first. She wrote S. And then she looked back at me as spirit did after she wrote S. And I could have died. Y'all know what my mind is saying, right? It's, I'm thinking it's about to write A-T-A-N. And then she comes back, and then she writes her name. And the phone number. But when she wrote S, that thing wrote S and looked back at me with that taunting look, I could have literally just passed out right there. I know it's funny, but folks, that happened to me. And later on, I, you know, chicken out. I didn't even go by. I was so traumatized by that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really even pursue it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I just, but I did have enough nerves to drive by her house because, oh, I must have did call her. Because how do I know her house number? I did end up driving by her house. I, don't, I forget how I got it. I'm pretty sure I must have. I think what it is, I called and said I was going to come by and then didn't do it. I didn't follow through, you know. Um, and I probably, I don't remember all the details. Probably a lot of my friends didn't want to do it either because they were just as flaky. I mean, I'm not saying I was flaky. I got that the, the, the father show you a spirit. As a rule, you have the power to cast it out. Now, with the whole other other situation, I think that was just too many people involved. And but anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Again, I talk about that in detail on April fifteenth show. Go into the archives, listen to April four fifteenth, two thousand eleven, and I did three shows actually where I 
talk about a bunch of different cases. So now that I've given y'all that information, you can really find the stuff you want to. I'm not don't feel like I need to go that much further in the show. Uh, we are 40 minutes over the time we're supposed to stop. I got to do a part four. Look like I'm gonna have to do a part four because I didn't get into um, some other. Um, I want to show you how the Father has used the Spirit to protect me. I want to talk more about healing. I want to talk about how the Father helped me with the area of finances. I want to uh, talk about how he has blessed me with regards to my children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The Holy Spirit has been a major, major contributor to God's blessings in my life. I'd be lying through my teeth if I said uh, it wasn't. And uh, I would not be the person I am today, would not the Holy Spirit. As much work as I need done on me, I would be a whole lot worse off if I did not have the Spirit. To, you know, a lot of times I, I saw situations where, uh, you know, police was uh, about to do some things and the Spirit said, go this way. And I don't know what could happen. I probably saved my life by, you know, following the Spirit. You know, I'm sure I have saved my life probably several times. But the Spirit has been there leading and guiding me. And the biggest testimony I have about the Spirit is the truth. You know, the revelation of uh, the five smooth stones that we call this network, the five revelations that I talk about more than anything. And I think I started to mention them at the beginning of the show, and I apologize for those of you that have been listening, waiting for me to finish and didn't finish that either. But the revelation uh, that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me again is the who are the true tribes of Israel. That was a major, major revelation. The world needs to know that. Everything would make more sense. Everything, why black people go, what they go through, Israel would make more sense, who those people are. You know, it would would literally solve the conflict in the Gaza Strip area, this revelation of who the true Israelites or Jews are, okay? And it would also encourage uh, African Americans who don't understand why we're in a situation we're in. It look like the most high just don't favor us. All of this was, uh, all of this uh, uh, could just pretty much go away with the revelation of who the true Israelites are. You know, we no longer would be holding a grudge against the most high. I think he's just punishing us for no reason. A lot of y'all hold grudges against the most high. You may not know that, but it's the truth. So, and then uh, the revelation of the one world government, I talked about that earlier. The revelation of how we became all the different colors, the revelation of leprosy, which is nothing more than vitiligo and albinoism. It's a type of leprosy. It's one type of leprosy. There are others. Uh, and then uh, the revelation of the kingdom of the Most High. Actually, let me just you say that one last. Uh, so we mentioned the revelation of the Israelites. Uh, the new one world government and revelation of leprosy or the origin of white skin and uh, that has to do with melanin and the whole thing and the whole purpose of that teaching is just to prove we're all one. And then the revelation of white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. I go into teaching that white supremacy is not something that uh, white people started and, and it's, it's not something that uh, white supremacy, anybody can be a white supremacist. It's just a philosophy. It's an ideology. Anybody can believe it and start practicing white supremacy. Traditionally, we have been taught that it's white people that can be white superiors or white air and resistance, uh, war or the KKK or the skinheads, but it's not true. 
Not true at all. So uh, anyway, the last revelation is the revelation of the kingdom of the Most High, the solution. What's the solution to those problems you just named? What's the solution? Kingdom of the Most High. The principles within the kingdom of, of the Most High. Uh, the coming kingdom is starting our hearts. And as the Most High gained our hearts, he gained everything we own. I mean, if he gained our hearts and he truly sits on the throne in our life, that means he sits on the throne in everything we own, right? If we own a multi-million dollar corporation and we give our life to Christ, I mean, I like to the most high and follow Christ's example, that means that if you own a company and you give your life to the most high, that means that that company now belongs to the most high. And this is a part of the tangible kingdom of God we talk about. Well, there's millions of people that have the Father on the heart, uh, on the throne of their heart. And there's millions of properties that, it would, that is within the kingdom of the Most High. Well, that kingdom is expanding, and people is getting more and more serious with the Most High. And eventually this earth is going to be taken over by the kingdom of the Most High. This is all throughout the scriptures. This kingdom will last and live forever. So eventually... Everybody will know that there is a God and that he sent the Son uh, to die for our sin and that the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals his Father. In the end, everybody is going to know everything we've shared tonight. In the end, everybody going to say that the Most High rules. Everybody is going to see that he is the true power and there is no other God. So tonight, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for listening. I feel like, to be very honest with you, I give myself a C for tonight because this is a very, this is the hardest topic to talk about. There's so many things that the Spirit does and so many things. Every time I end this show, I forget. You can't cover everything. It's just way too much. It's just way too much. It's all there is to it. So, I try, and uh, I just hope that y'all did get the truth that we did share out of it, and uh, that you were able to glean something that that you could uh, uh, that you could benefit from. And uh, folks, I just want y'all to know I love every single one of y'all, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Thank y'all for listening to Five Smooth Stone. Thank you for hanging out and staying up this late at night. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and wrap the show up. Last time, last week, we did get some people that called in. For those of you who missed the last show, and people that want to share how the Most High blessed them through the Spirit. And uh, tonight, y'all just kind of just sit back and listen. I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. I ain't gonna lie, but I do. Sometimes I just want to just get it all out, and I can't go back and forth with people who never heard. So, uh, again, appreciate y'all just listening tonight, and just please, please. Listen, uh, stay tuned for the next, the very uh, next show, um, which is going to be on Thursday, talking about the New World Order. I may do a part four to this on tomorrow night, on tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night. I may do a part four because I want to get this Holy Spirit. I want to get it all told. I want to get it all out. I don't want this this to be something to drag on and on and on. I want to do a part one, two, three, and four, and so... That's pretty much where I'm at. So anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Again, folks, check me out tomorrow night. I may be doing part four. 
If not, uh, Thursday is a new world order. We pretty much like to stick to that, but I may have to do it then. I want to get this out of the way, so most likely it will probably be then. All right. May the Most High bless you and may the Holy Spirit. Oh, you know one thing I forgot to do? God, I can't believe I forget. This is what I mean. That's why I give myself a seat tonight. But I did cover a little bit, so I guess I should give myself a little credit. But for those that say I want I want this thing, I want the Holy Spirit, I want the Holy Spirit, it's not all that. It's not rocket science. The Most High never made nothing in the Scriptures complicated. Everything is simple. That's one thing about the Bible is, it seems so simple for stuff so powerful, but the Holy Spirit, you get it just like you, the, 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 with salvation. You simply believe. The Holy Spirit is already in your life. It's already been trying to convince you of who Christ is. If you're already in Christ or you're already following the Most High after Christ's example, then uh, it's simply trying to reveal to you the truth. So I don't know if you're one of those persons that's in Christ, you always, it's just a breath away. You just ask the Most High to uh, uh, emerge you. That's all baptized, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, just mean emerge you. Having to ask him to emerge you in the Holy Spirit. And we should all ask that tonight. Ask him to emerge us in the Holy Spirit and just be, and let us be led and be full of. And then what you want to do is uh, make yourself available. You know, you can't expect the Holy Spirit to use you and you fleshing out and you your mind is worldly. you got to get away. Your Bible calls us peculiar people. You got to come out of the world, be separate. You know, we got to start praying more to the Father and just praying more, crying out for His Spirit and asking Him to use us more and more and more. And you'll see, you'll start giving it, start uh, 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 making it very clear who the Holy Spirit is. You become more sensitive to it, and eventually, when the Holy Spirit takes over your body and you give it all control. You know, you'll look up and you'll be speaking in tongues because it's, it's got it wants to use your body to speak uh, to the Father, to pray to the Father. The Holy Spirit definitely does want that. It wants to be able to rule, uh, uh, roam free in your life. So anyway, folks, getting a little tired myself, but that is all you do. Ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you if you're not even within the family. You don't even believe you never accepted Christ. It's, it's, folks, again, this is not rocket science. You ask the Most High to save you, salvage you. Salvation is already is yours. You just have to accept it. It's like a money in the bank, that you, and you have checks, and you just never wrote them. You just simply claim. Uh, of course, you have to believe in what the Scriptures account of well, everything. You have to believe everything in the book. You have to just believe that Christ came to the earth to die for your sins, you have to see your sins washed away. You have to see and accept, you have to see Christ uh, being your example to pleasing the Father. You have got to believe that he came to this earth and lived and died and rose again. You must believe the gospel. You have got to believe and accept that because when you accept the gospel, you're simply accepting the fact that the Father is real and he's a loving Father. And to do that, when you do that, when you do that, you are in the kingdom, period, in the story. And it's not based on emotions or feelings. It's a fact. You know, we'll, 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 we'll try to cover this even more maybe next time we talk because I want everybody to be very clear. Uh, and I've shared this a little bit out earlier in the broadcast. Hopefully you was listening, but if you wasn't, salvation, 
our sins have been taken care of, past, present, and future. We have to just simply claim it and believe it and receive it and walk in it. And it's yours. It's just that simple. And there you have it, folks. Let me just go in prayer prayer real quickly because I want to make sure I'm not rushing through this. Yes, I went in the show, but I don't want folks that really want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying I'm the greatest person empowered by the Holy Spirit. I have to every single day take up my cross and follow. I'm not some great nothing. I'm just doing a blog, regular everyday person. Some days I flesh out probably more than you do. But I know beyond a shadow of doubt. I've seen it so many times I can't count it the functions of this Holy Spirit, and I know it's real, and I just do this show out of respect and honor and just really therapy for myself, just kind of remind myself just how powerful my life has been with the Holy Spirit, and just to share this with you, that's all I am. That's all I care to be, you know, but we all can be a whole lot more powerful by simply submitting to the Holy Spirit by way of reading the word and fasting and prayer and and just, just constantly be in a state of prayer. I'm not saying don't work, don't be business man, nothing to sick your kids and to sick your family. I'm just saying we need to spend a season seeking the most high. Those of you that really want to be filled with the spirit and really want this power. Because you're not stupid. You know millions of people ain't crazy. And there's millions of people saying what I said tonight. So let's just go to the most high in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your love and your mercy. And I want to thank you for your promises, your precious promises that you allowed us to behold in the Bible. I want to thank you for your spirit. I want to thank you for your spirit. I want to thank you for your son offering up himself to be a lamb that our sins may be taken away completely out of the picture. We no longer have to go through priests. We can enter to the Holy of Holies by simply praying to you. And I just want to thank you for accepting us. Uh, and sending your son uh, to die for our sins and accepting us into the family. I want to thank you for uh, salvation. I just thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I ask that you would, for these listeners tonight, uh, go beyond a shadow. Where I was not clear and where I was inconsistent and where I was uh, not uh, complete, I ask that you would, by your spirit, move on the the listeners of the show tonight and Reveal to them who your spirit is and, and what the spirit is all about and what it empowers you to do and how what type of fruit would be would remain in your life when the spirit is dominating your life, when you give it access to, to control your life, what kind of blessings will come from that. Father, I ask that you reveal these things unto your people and you will draw those outside of the family even into this revelation. I thank you, Father, for the rev- for all of the times that the Holy Spirit has protected me, all of the times the Holy Spirit has given me a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom and, and discerning of spirits. And each and every time the Holy Spirit has ever done anything for me, I just want to thank you for this servant that you sent to the earth to reveal to us who you are. I just cannot thank you enough for the Holy Spirit. I just cannot thank you now for the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for us, every single one on the sound of my voice, that we will be strong and that we be able to be uh, empowered by the Spirit, that you will allow the Spirit to just control us and empower us so we can make it out here in this world and we can stay encouraged and stay inspired and stay hopeful and stay full of faith. 
that we would have the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the temperance, the long-suffering, the meekness, that the world may be attracted to this and that they may come crying, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to walk in this power? This is what I pray for, Blog Talk listeners tonight. Anybody else listening to this show, I just pray that you would empower us as humans to love you and walk with you like Adam, your son, did your first son. Thank you, Father, for everything. Thank you again for your son and the blood that he shed and the Holy Spirit that reveals who you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good night, everybody. I'm going to go out with the song called Step on the Devil's Head. Now, obviously, you can't step on no devil's head. What this just means is step on his authority in your life. Step on, which means Bind him up, cast him out. This is the real deal, folks. I know y'all not used to some of y'all not used to hearing the word devil and demons and Satan, but they are real. How can you doubt something that's already happened? How can you doubt something that millions declare have already happened? Well, evil spirits are real, and this song is just saying, "Step on them." Stop them. At the end of this song, they start making declarations that we have to make for our families. When they say, take it back, they mean take back your authority as humans. The Holy Spirit is working with us, and he's our tutor, and he's going to lead and guide us, and he's going to empower us. When they say, when you hear them saying, take back in this song, they just say, and take back what's rightfully yours. Good night, everybody. Everybody say, oh, 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 oh. Everybody say, oh, 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 o